All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Clone and Correct podcast. Uh, today we have uh, the resident guy that does all your questions for California, Mr. Reno May. He is a attorney at law of some capacity that's totally legitimate and definitely, definitely not a fake attorney on the internet. Um, and uh, the reason that I buy all of my stuff from Gorilla Mind, uh, fucking awesome dude. We're really excited to have him. So, Reno. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you, guys. I'm really excited. Um, I don't do a whole lot of podcasts, so I'm happy that uh, you guys reached out. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm here to give free legal advice. So, I mean, you've got a lot of cool stuff going on these days with um, you got a couple of lawsuits that you're involved in. And so how did you get started on the path of doing those? Yeah, I think um, the lawsuits are definitely like the coolest thing, in my opinion, that I've been able to do uh, with this YouTube channel. Um, So I have always known who the CRPA is. Obviously, if you're in the state of California, the California Rifle and Pistol Association is like a pretty big deal. They're the reason that we had the magazine ban that was lifted, which we all called Freedom Week. And it's why in a lot of my videos, I still use... 17, 15, 30, 60 round mags because I acquired them because of that lawsuit. So I was aware of who they were. I started interacting with uh, them on Twitter and Instagram and specifically one of their lawyers, Costas. Um, I had just been on Twitter interacting with him a lot, talking about different things. He, I've helped them find a couple plaintiffs in certain areas. And then they reached out to me and said, hey, we need plaintiffs for the handgun roster lawsuit, which was challenging micro stamping, magazine disconnects and loaded chamber indicator requirements in order to get pistols on the approved for sale list in California, which is crazy. So micro stamping, basically, they wanted to add a serial number to every every primer on a spent cartridge of a semi-auto handgun, which the technology in theory can be done, but in a practical scale for commercial use. It just doesn't exist. The technology is not there, which basically meant we've had no new semi-auto handguns added to the roster since like 2011 or 13, really. Um, So when they reached out to me, just because I had been interacting with them so much, I was like chomping at the bit. I was like, I have been waiting for this opportunity. Like I was a triple a baseball player waiting to waiting to get that call to the major leagues. Like this was like, I was, I was excited about it. Um, so yeah, just shit posting on the internet basically got me where I am today. Well, I mean, can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like you, the the pistol roster is the big one for you, right? That's the big mm-hmm. jump, jumping in one. Is there any other ones that you're involved with right now? Yeah. So after Bruin, a lot of states, you know, New York, New Jersey, and now California have all introduced their laws that basically look the exact same. What they're doing is they're writing in sensitive spaces, but the sensitive spaces list is essentially everywhere except for driving on the road in some areas on most sidewalks. And I say most because some sidewalks you wouldn't be able to be on some parking lots. You couldn't be in some roadways. You couldn't be in with your concealed carry permit with that firearm. So California enacted SB2, which is their Bruin response bill that would basically make concealed carry in the state of California illegal across the board. Um, When asked about it, the person who wrote the bill, he was asked at a press conference, where will people be able to carry? And he said, 
sidewalks, which technically is incorrect because some sidewalks you would not be able to walk down the street with your concealed carry permit and that pistol. Um, So that bill would go into effect January 1st. We have a hearing set for, I believe, December 20th. All the briefs are going to be due prior to then early December or late November, I believe. And then it'll give us a 10-day window for that judge who was the same judge that ruled favorably in the handgun roster case that I'm involved with. Um, He's going to have 10 days basically to put an injunction on those sensitive spaces, which New York and New Jersey both have already lost initially. And I believe there might be one other state that's done something similar. But we're pretty hopeful that we'll get that struck down. But it is uh, it sucks that we have to deal with it. Yeah, it's kind of an odd thing. Like, it seems like this is a the topic of gun control, and especially in blue states, is yeah. such a one that is almost entirely a political opposition driven topic. And because oh, yeah. the normal, like, the normies, if you will, are all people mm-hmm. that vote for Democrats anyway. Because that's just what you do out there, right? Yeah, um, yeah. like it's kind of the default. It's your default re- like reset button. And even like the most typical, you know, goes to the gym, bodybuilder, masculine guy in California. Default setting is, is in California is a Democrat, so they have this like obligation essentially, or the re- just standard setting to go and vote for this sort of policy change. That they yeah. never would have agreed with if you actually asked them, but because it's what their yeah. default setting is, that's what they're going to. Um, and it's interesting that it's pushed that way so hard, and that when you get people in the South or in you know the Midwest or anywhere like that, or like any of the red states in the Rockies, and they want to push for gun control, they're taking such a minimalist approach to it that they're not even touching the concealed carry discussion yeah but like, they're and, not even you know, touching it yeah and in in california and new jersey and california specifically with sb2 it was so blatantly obvious that it is a political move in spite of bruin that the, you know they straight up said it they said that bruin was a mistake it's bad it's going to destroy all of gun safety laws But then simultaneously, in every lawsuit that the state is involved in, they claim that their bans are Bruin compliant. So they're trying to say that Bruin is both the devil and also Bruin's totally fine. We can pass gun control. So, like, which is it? (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't seem like it really adds up in that case. And it seems to me that we're seeing this this whole level of. It's the I think it's. The gun topic in general is one of these topics that stratifies the country in a way that's very oh, yeah. weird. Like it's yeah. So it's it's interesting that you got we have a guy like you that is the knowledgeable gun guy you are. However, you're in a state like California and you're just actively mm-hmm. trying to chip away their problems because somebody has to do it. Like, yeah, I don't I'm not moving to California anytime soon. Right. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Yeah. Not until we get like some really massive gun control changes and also the property tax rate goes goes down. But I ever even consider the idea of moving to that state. 
Yeah, right? Don't. If you're not already here and there's not like the biggest financial reason to do it, don't move here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's the truth of it. And it's like, when you look at the whole perspective and discussion on this sort of topic, it's very interesting because like, I'm sure you get the same thing that all of us get is when one of our friends wants to know about more gun stuff, right? They mm-hmm. come to you and they ask you for questions. Like, ask you the questions of what do I get? What do I do? And mm-hmm. it's one thing for me to be like, oh, yeah, go buy a Gen 5 Glock 19. It'll cost you like 600 bucks, right? For you to tell someone, okay, so here's what I bought. It's a Gen 5 19, but it's an off roster registered <laughs> gun and it's $1,500. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. They'll be like, I got to give people the here, how much money do you want to spend? Do you want to go the easy route? Do you want to try to find a like a seller on basically a gray market and then do it legally? Like, it's just. There's so much. Like if if someone says, "Hey, I want to I want an AR for home defense. What should I do?" I'm like, "All right. How how much time do you got? Because I could explain this to you where you'll know what you're doing or you could just go to any gun store and hopefully you don't commit a felony on your way home by putting the pistol grip that they sold you at the at the counter on your gun that shouldn't have it. And it's just a uh, Anytime you want to give someone advice in the state of California, you got to like sit them down. You need to pull out the notepad. You need a PowerPoint presentation. Got to refer to one of my videos. Be like, all right, fuck, what, what was legal again? You know, like it's just there's so much to it to like get into it. And I think that's what the DOJ and the state of California wants. The California Department of Justice could very easily replace me. Like they could just put on their website a guide of here's what's legal, here's what's not, here's how to buy a gun, here's the documentation you need. If your ID has an incorrect address, what do you need to bring in? They could easily do all that and inform people, but they don't want to. They want to add as much friction to the process to keep someone from buying a gun. And that's kind of like where I found my fit. Yeah, it is the the true death by a thousand paper cuts is really what it is. It's being punished with the process is what it comes down yes. to. And and, and yep. for and for a lot of the country, you know, when transfer kind of alluded to this, a lot of the country there's a lot of people just don't know. Like there's just this like this ignorance of, you know, well, I can just go to the, you know, go get a six hundred dollar Glock nineteen and it's no big deal. And then you talk to somebody out in California and it's like, well, I bought an off roster gun and it cost me like $1,500. And everybody's like, you paid how much for a Glock? Or you paid yep. how much for a staccato? Because it's just an off roster gun. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I heard it's a story double of a guy, MSRP and that's a starting point. Yeah. I, I heard a story of a guy um, that was at Gunsight and from a, a buddy of mine that was an instructor out there when it was still Gunsight. And the guy came out with an uh, off-roster M&P 2.0, and a bad charge round blew up that gun. Oof. So he blew up his off-roster M&P 2.0 that, like, is a pain in the ass for him to get. And all the instru- like some of the instructors that had M&Ps were like, oh, I'll sell you mine, I'll sell you mine. It's like, you literally can't do that. That's not how the off-roster works. <laughs> like, yeah. so, I'm so screwed. I blew up his goddamn mvp and it's exactly that same thing continued throughout it i actually think probably uh here that the nfa process is easier to navigate for most people in normal gun states than the actual written laws about ar-15s in california oh i I would agree 
like, you, like it, trying a, to get someone to truly understand what you can do with an AR-15 in the state of California is like they they got to be willing to listen and they have to already know all the nomenclature of like what an AR is and like how it works. Like it's, I basically like, you got to dumb it down for people to get into it. But then like, if they want to modify it, I always tell them like, Hey, like, look, we'll get you started. I'll help you get something. If you ever want to change anything, text me first and we'll go over it. Do not Um, commit a felony. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, or do like, I don't like, you know, your prerogative, but like, if you're going to choose to not comply with the law, I just want you to know, I just want people to know what the law is so that they can make that decision. Cause like, I don't want someone to unknowingly be walking around with a 10 year prison sentence. You know, like I don't, if they are willing to take that risk, more power to you. That's your choice whatever you want to live your life. Right. But I don't want like some single mom to be like, Oh, I got an AR because I've shot them before. And, you know, I wasn't really quite comfortable with that fin grip. So I just put a regular a two pistol grip on it. And then they don't know that they're (laughs) committing a 10 year prison sentence potentially. So, yeah, I mean, it's entirely like a whole different thing. Whereas if we look at it here in free States, so to speak, a, if you want to make an SBR and you're like, okay, like I'm going to do it illegally. All right, whatever. Screw the ATF, do it. If you mm-hmm. wanted to make it legally, you file form one on e-forms, you send them fingerprints and pay $200 on your credit card. You'll wait for it to clear. You put the stock on it and you move on with your life. And it was already yeah. done. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not the NFA is really dumb and I obviously want it to be repealed. But at the end of the day, it's a hell of a lot easier to navigate than all the California stuff. And it's, so oh, yeah. bizarre to me. And it's also interesting because it's a topic of the old adage, you pass a gun control law in about 15 minutes, a redneck has a workaround. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that, that's California. You know? <laughs> very California. Um, what about that mm-hmm. new Foxtrot mic rifle you picked up? I'm very curious about that thing. Yeah. So I'm actually going to go take it out and shoot it today. Um, I just picked it up on like Tuesday, I think. It's it's pretty interesting. So it's similar concept to the Fight Light SCR, formerly known as Errors SCR. Uh-huh. It use it, but instead of having like a bolt carrier with a little rat tail that goes into the stock, it just uses either a BRN one eighty upper or a Foxtrot mic upper. It doesn't work with the Sig MCX, doesn't work with the PSA Jackal, um, but it works with the BRN one eighty and the Foxtrot mic. It's honestly, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I think that it's a neat concept. It's, it's what I would want out of a mini 14. If I like want the thing about mini 14s is they're not that cheap. They're not as accurate. They're not as modular. It's just, there's a lot of issues with the mini 14 that I personally just, I've never bought one. I also don't want to spend $60 on a magazine and yeah. I already have a ton of AR mags. The mags for the Mini 14 were the biggest thing ever. That was my yeah. first rifle out of high school because I was, you know, I was living with my parents then. And my dad was like, you're not bringing an AR-15 to this house. And I'm like, huh, what is the <laughs> exact same thing that I can just Jokes walk in? And, and, yeah. But I bought like, I remember trying to buy an actual Ruger magazine for it, and it was the biggest pain in the ass in the world. So I ended up with a bunch of like tapcos, and I immediately yeah. sold that. Yeah, it was no yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I decided 
I had a I had a similar experience when I was you know newly eighteen and all that, and Dad was like, "No AR-15s or anything," and I was like, uh, "Okay." And I went and bought an M1 carbine and a bunch of thirty round mags for it, and it was like kind of like <laughs> you know in your face kind of thing, and then realized that the M1 carbines basically had a mini fourteen with even more draw drawbacks. So really, yeah. <laughs> I like the M1 carbine for what it is, but it is I kind like of it. a silly I little mean, gun. I was gonna say I like it for the historical thing. I still have it. It's you know I still shoot it from time to time. But I mean, if you made me choose between a mini and an M1 carbine, I'm I'm choosing the mini. The, yeah. the mini fourteen, like they they were like, how do we design the worst rock and lock mag system ever? Like, it's not like an AK. <laughs> yes, literally, yes. Like, yeah. The, the, and the crazy thing about the Mini 14 is it's the same dude that made the AR-15. It's it's Jim Sullivan. Like, yeah. it's the yeah, same guy. That's crazy. I actually, I actually did not know that. Yeah, Jim Sullivan did the Mini 14. He did some of the refinement on the AR-15 with uh, Eugene Stoner and then also did the Ultimax machine gun. <laughs> and a bunch of Surefire stuff, like that Surefire bolt carrier group and the Surefire 60s are his as well. So Sullivan did a lot of stuff, but the thing about the Mini 14 is that, I will agree with Thickcock, the magazine rock and lock system is the worst rock and lock I've ever used. And the other thing is it heats up in the weirdest way. It's just so annoying. The, the bolt it? at the top of the wooden handguard on the Mini 14 that sticks through, like there's a little nub that sticks through. If your thumb touches that after one 20 round magazine, you are burning the shit out of yourself. That's not like, too different from an M1 carbine, though. If you touch the wrong part of an M1 carbine, it'll burn the shit out of you, too, just because, I mean, it's the same gas system at the end of the day. I mean, that's yeah. just like, that's just the ghost of Bill Ruger getting mad at you for shooting anything more than a five round magazine. Exactly. <laughs> and shooting a group of yeah. anything better than four MOA. True. That fucking yeah, Mini 14 is neat. It's just it just doesn't perform the way that a gun in its price range should perform. You know, and if you want to put a flashlight on it, you want to put a scope on it. Things become a lot more difficult just to get it modernized. I mean, yeah. so legitimate question: Back in the day, when you could get like law enforcement trade Mini 14s for like. You know, three four hundred dollars was that a was that a more viable option? You know, out there than say a neutered AR. I mean, would you have said that back I then? I definitely. Or? Yeah. So, like, I worked in the gun store in like 2015, and I think that was like kind of around when the Mini 14 stopped being a big piece of shit when it came to accuracy. I think people were saying like the 583 serial number series was like, or like the 580 series was when things got better. But uh, I definitely saw. Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw a lot of people that would come in and sell them used on consignment through the gun store and people love those. Yeah. Cause like in the, in the four or $500 range, the, Oh, I'd snap one up right now if it was in good condition. Um, because I think they look neat. They're pretty cool. They're just, it's an interesting gun. It's just not the purpose of an intermediate cartridge semi-auto rifle for me generally is going to be things that the mini 14 doesn't like do perfectly. Whereas I think this ranch rifle from Foxtrap Mike, I can add scopes and lights to it. The charging handle being on the side up at the front is it's something that I notice is going to require me to use the gun a little bit differently. 
I'm not going to put, I have long arms. I'm not going to run my support left-hand side all the way up at the front because the charging handle doesn't reciprocate. But if you push it back a little bit, it will go forward. <laughs> it, it will return all the way forward. So um, I'm going to basically put my hand behind the charging handle, press up against the back of it and mount my light tape switch there. There's a little bit to kind of fiddle with, but the so Mini 14, I think is a, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Basically got, you're, you're good. You know, it's basically got that HK thing going on with the, like the roller lock. Yeah. yeah. But in the, like if you, with a grip that doesn't make sense for that charging handle, but at the end of the day it's still usable like you can still use the gun oh yeah yeah and um yeah i'm gonna take it out today shoot it i'm gonna shoot it a ton might go to a california range weekend next weekend and um which is like a big shooting event that they do down there in socal and i'm gonna see if i can just get a ton of rounds through that thing really put it through its paces because it's an interesting concept and i just want to see how it holds up because I'm sure many of you have probably been a Gen 1 uh, adopter of a firearm at some point and experienced a growing pain with certain firearms. Um, if any of you have purchased a SIG product in the last mm-hmm. 10 years, you may be entitled uh, to compensation. I don't learn my lesson there. I did a SIG product, and then I also bought a Hudson H9. So, uh, you know. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> so, like, it's yeah. kind of, I think that lower for the F. Foxtrot mic wrench lower, it makes uh-huh. more sense in my brain to use a BRN-180 on that for charging handle location. Yeah. 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 Because it's easier to mag in and then roll it underneath and basically just treat it like what uh, God intended the Mini-14 to be. Uh, yeah. And have it use an AR-15 magazine, because why mm-hmm. they use a weird lock and rock magazine is the dumbest shit in the world. They just should have used an AR mag. It and also, why are they so it, goddamn expensive? Yeah, and then yeah. this you can do stuff with. You can put an AR mag in it. You can set it up with all the stuff you want. And I like that they set it up so that it can take like standard shotgun stocks. Yeah, yeah, just any Remington seventy stock. Um, I think if I was so they sent me the uh, scope with the scope mount on it. I think if I was going to use anything else in the future, I would try to get as low of a mount as possible. Because right now I have to use a really tall comb um, on the shotgun stock to get up there because the upper receiver is about a quarter inch taller than a standard AR. Mm. So in addition Mm. to the stock being slightly downward from where a normal AR would be, the upper is a little bit taller. All in all, I think it seems pretty slick. Um, It's just going to like, it's a new platform with different ergos. You're going to have to run it a bit. I put an ambi mag release in it, so now basically, as a right hand shooter, gun goes dry. I'm just going to grab a new mag and then like press the ambi mag release, pull the old mag out, and put the new one in. Um, I think that's going to be kind of like the reload mechanics, as opposed to like take hand off, strip mag out, then grab new mag, then put new mag in. I think yeah, that's probably going to be the because otherwise you would have to take your right hand off of the. Uh, grip to put yeah. your finger on the mag release because it, there's like a solid two inches in between trigger guard and magwell. So yeah, I think that logically makes sense to just basically do, you know, rip the old mag out, put the new mag in, bolt release, and go. Mm-hmm. Is like a better way to do that. That's whenever I would shoot guns that have ambi mag releases that aren't the typical AR pattern, like a scar or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I found myself doing a reload like that. Because it's just easy to grab button, pull mag, put new mag in, and go, and yep. not have to think about it a whole lot. Yeah. So 
that I think that solution makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah, but it's it's interesting because you have these rifles that you have to use to get around the system, like the the law mm-hmm. in your state. Yeah. But then you have essentially like you either have a whole list of people that are like litany of people that are just like, well, like I've got to listen to the laws and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's the other category of people like, ah, fuck it. I don't care. Right. Yeah. Oh, and I know more of those people in real life than I do people that follow the law in real life. Like most of the people that I meet. So, um, because I'm so California specific and I live in this state, I probably get noticed or like recognized in person way more than someone that only has like 220 YouTube subscribers or 220,000. Um, cause like people come up to me and say, Hey, like, you know, I love your videos, man. Like, and then like, they'll just straight up look me dead in the eye and just say, yeah, I got an assault weapon. <laughs> and I'm like, buddy, like stop, stop telling me that <laughs> my brother in Christ, you are scaring the hose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like because like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> that—that's the thing. It's—it's it's interesting having like when you realize that people do get in, like noticed and met in person from YouTube uh-huh. stuff and like other social media stuff. That every now and then when it happens, you're like, "Oh, holy shit!" Hey, um, and you yeah. have that. But for your state in specific, like the vast majority <laughs> of do you, what are your analytics on that? Because I'm sure YouTube tells you your analytics. Yeah. So I think it's like, um, typically like every YouTuber is, if they're not like a state specific person, it's going to go by just population size. So Uh California, interesting statistic. Um, we have more gun owners than all, but five other States total population. I'm pretty sure like the number of gun owners we have is more people than most States have total number of people. Um, so like 36 to 40% of my, I think the last time I checked, it was like high thirties, almost 40% of my channel is California, which is like insane. Yeah. It's it's really about that. Like just that stat that there's more gun owners in California than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, it was the population center of the U S for the past 30 years. And now the demographics are showing that shifting, to texas and then florida and tennessee behind Mm. that so that's shifting now but like the guns go where the people won't go yeah just how that goes and also there's a lot of people that lean and are more conservative states when asked on a poll do you own a firearm they say no because (laughs) they don't want want that information out there because you don't have any options about that because your shit's registered with the california department of justice so like they know like has a much better idea (laughs) they have a much better idea like the number of people that answered no on a survey for having firearms in the home that have registered nfa items (laughs) some overlap there (laughs) yeah about that one yeah um but it's interesting and what's I guess because you come from the perspective of California, what's something that like we as guys that aren't in the California gun space, what do we just not get? What do we not get about? Um, I think that the, the most common thing that I get that people just don't get a grasp on is it's always um, the comments of like, why don't you just move? And I think a lot Um, of people have just never really been in a position where they've had to, just move states completely. Like how many people do you know in your personal life that with the skills that they have could just leave their state completely, 
get a job that pays similarly, allows them to have a comfortable cost of living that can move their family, their kids and everything like that. The amount of people that have the ability to do that is pretty low. Like personally, I could like me and my wife, we could leave this state. Um, But right now with the jobs that we both have, we like, we have a really good life here. And I'm in a position where I can make an impact. So I definitely would not leave this state until my lawsuits are settled. Like that's absolutely bare minimum because I'm not going to screw over the CRPA and ruin a lawsuit for everybody. Um, But I think there's, there's, there's a lot of great reasons to live here. And if you don't live in one of the big cities, like if you don't live in LA, San Francisco, San Jose, um, I'm sure I'm missing another shithole, uh, Oakland. Um, if you don't live in any of those cities, the crime rate is pretty goddamn low. Like it, where I live, um, is pretty, pretty, pretty nice. Like there's, I don't really see homeless people on the street where I'm at in my little town. Um, but interestingly enough on Thursday, a guy got let out of prison in Santa Rosa, which is in the County that I live in a guy got let out of prison Thursday morning immediately goes to visit his grandmother within 40 minutes. He leaves that house with a cooler and a new set of clothing inside the cooler was his grandmother's head. And that was just uh, you know, that was interesting to see that on the news. But I think the big thing is that um, California is pretty sick, but if everyone just leaves here, it's kind of like that conversation of like the Overton window. If we, don't try to push back in all these places that have massive population centers that are just, if they're unfettered, just completely allowed to push whatever crazy gun control they want, a little bit of that seeps into Nevada or Colorado and all these other purple states start getting more fucked with. And I think that if we can make some big changes here, I mean, New York this, the state of New York got us perm- or um, shall issue permits across the nation, right? So all these big states that have a lot of gun control are going to be what allows us to get to a point where an actual challenge on the NFA happens. And so mag bans, handgun bans, assault weapon bans, if we get those three to be successfully thrown out, What we've said is that you have a right to a normal handgun with big magazines and you have a right to firearms that are usable and capable in defense of yourself and your country from persons or governments. And that's what gets us to the next phase of the juicy shit. You know, we got to eat our veggies first before we get our steak. No, I mean, you got a good point on that stuff. And I think so to kind of balance out on your point uh is everyone says just move well i did i actually was someone yeah. who did um i yeah I'm, I'm from colorado when we passed the mag ban i was graduating high school so for me it was like okay well i'm gonna go to school out of state then that was my decision so mm-hmm. although i ended up moving back to colorado and then now i'm not living in colorado anymore like that sort of difference right of like i had mm-hmm. the opportunity to say like all right like i'm gonna go try to plant some roots outside of the state while i'm young yeah. enough to try it and also um yep. particularly for my area it was like one of those areas where everyone from 
high school went to one of like two colleges. And mm-hmm. so it was like, all right, I'm going to get away from all of you guys and go do, go to meet yeah. some entirely <laughs> new people. And it was a better decision to make, but yeah, like for a lot of people, you can tell someone who's 18, 19, 20 years old, who hasn't really gotten their feet planted in the world. You know, if you're in yeah. New York and you, you're like, this isn't what I want, then yeah, fucking move, move to Florida, move, oh, to, totally. Na- move to Nashville, yeah. move to Texas. Don't bring your shitty politics yeah. with you. Right. That's absolutely yeah. a doable thing <laughs> when you are night, like 18, 19, 20, 21. Right. By the time you're like mm-hmm. in, getting to your thirties and married. No, like that's a yeah. big leap. It is a big leap yeah. to pack up all your stuff and move to another state. And yeah, if and, like, you I also won't ever blame anyone it. and I won't ever talk shit about someone moving because they want to better their life. Like I'm never going to like, I'm never going to say why would you leave, bro? You left us behind. Like, no, dude, like if you want to leave and that's, what's right for you, do it, get the fuck out of here. Um, but it's just not in the cards for everybody, you know? Yeah. And like, if you can, but if you're going to stay like, yeah, you're staying for a fight, man. Yeah. And like the, to the credit goes to the people that when they are staying, then they stay and fight. There's a lot to gain there. They, they have a lot yep. to gain. Like you're saying, like, Colorado has actually done a very good job of fighting this stuff off. I, I have yeah. to give the guys back at home a lot of credit. They did a really good job because um, they tried to do an assault weapons ban this past year. And uh, basically everyone showed up at the state capitol and said, <laughs> no, you're not. Like they got an outpouring of people just standing at the st- at the state capitol. Like now, now we, we, we played this game <laughs> 10 years ago with bag ban. We're not doing it with assault weapons ban. You could go fuck off. Yeah. And like, I'm also. Go, go ahead. I was gonna say, I'm also amazed at like how little it seems most gun guys in Colorado give a shit about the Pac-Man in general. Like in terms of following it, I haven't oh, you noticed go to any gun store and buy a disassembled mag and just walk out with it. They're like, they don't give a fuck. The no, cops don't enforce it. That's, the cops yeah. don't enforce it at all. Like the only people actually that care are politicians. I, I can say yeah. that now that I like don't work at a gun shop in Colorado anymore and I'm, <laughs> I, like, I'm out of the state is like nobody actually incriminating gives a yourself. Shit. Like, nobody actually gives a shit. It is like you want to go get one. They will have one available somewhere. Right. <laughs> if the Cabela's yeah. won't do it, but like your local mom and pop shop that will that does transfers for you. Yeah, yep. they'll sell them for you, right? They've got yep. them. You want Duramags or fucking P-Mags or something? Like, someone's got it. It's easy. So, it's it's so... it's. I mean, it's kind of the same thing as all the rest of it. It's like... I mean, just like you were saying earlier, you know, like, the number of people you know that are like, oh, yeah, like, I don't give a fuck, <laughs> is yeah. very high, right? And so you've yeah. put yourself yeah. in a position being a public person that's going to stand against this. Like, you do have to comply. Yeah. But yeah, I have to, I, I cannot put myself in a position where I show on camera proof and documentation of me breaking the law because I know that the DOJ is aware of who I am and I know that they watch my content. So like if I, I mean, post it, myself saying, your... hello, my name is Reno May and I'm in the state of California currently, here's an assault weapon that I built. Like if I did that, <laughs> I'm going to jail. Yeah, no, and then, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they'll they'll roll you up immediately, <laughs> immediately. Yeah. So it's one of those things that like 
some guys like to play it quiet. And I think that's the thing is a lot of people, yeah. especially if you got, you know, you got a wife and kids and you got a comfy job and you got some cool stuff that you're happy with. You kind of want to let the world just fuck off, leave you alone and not care anymore. But at a certain yeah. point, like if you're, if you're willing to put the effort into stand to be counted, like there can be stuff that can be done. Um, yeah. like you, you're doing it. And then like, honestly, uh, New York rifle and pistol association, like fucking incredible work. I never thought we would see that. I, yeah. I have been thinking it was more likely for us to get short barreled rifles off the NFA than to get shallow. You can steal <laughs> carry uh, stuff. I'm like, yeah. completely yeah. honest because I thought that the yeah. ATF would get caught with their pants down on the brace thing so aggressively mm-hmm. that it would have to go to the Supreme Court. And I think it will eventually, but that one will take time. Especially with this uh, bump stock business, you know, the Supreme yeah, Court are going to hear that on the grounds of the ATF going outside of their, the APA. What is that? The uh, Procedures Act or something like that? Yeah. Administrative Procedures Act. Yeah. Like if they're going outside of their authority, that's the same thing that happened with the braces and 80%, you know? I was going to yeah. say... If the if the bump stock yeah. thing ends up in our favor, the brace and the eighty percent thing is done on its face without even having to go to the court. Yeah, yeah, because it's they did the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a whole wild thing because it's like, but I would have thought we would have seen something about that and not about a right to carry. I yeah, bef- like I would have never thought like all right, like this it's going to a circuit court in New York. Like it's kind of fucked. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's not. Oh, it went to the Supremes. Oh, holy shit! Yeah, that was a day. <laughs> like that was like a whoa, holy shit! We just got something big, and I would have never saw it. All right, I I figured mm-hmm. I would see more fight out of California than New York. If I'm going to be honest, I mean, same. Yeah, like, I mean, California- we got a lot of stuff in the works. Like you know, mag ban, assault weapon ban, ammo background check ban. Um, the, the handgun roster, the, uh, sensitive space. Like we have a lot going on currently that are like big ticket items. It's just a matter of, uh, I think the Supreme court is going to have to see like a split decision at the circuit level. Um, uh, with the ninth circus probably going to end up upholding an assault weapon ban. And I think like there's another circuit that throughout the assault weapon ban, it's, I'm, I'm really thinking that it's going to end up the assault weapon ban and the mag ban, I think are going to be favorable in the next few years, but it's a, it's going to be a long road. Yeah. I mean, but the fact is that it's getting done and it's happening. Like stuff is actually happening, which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wonder the, the, the long-term impacts of like, you know, are we going to be able to more or less stave off everyone to the point, uh, everyone that's trying to take our gun rights, so to speak, um, for lack of a more eloquent way, eloquent way of saying that, are we going to be able to stave off their attempts to actually try to make real irreversible changes to us by the time that we can get it to the Supremes? That's true. Yeah. Like, and I think the the Supreme Court, like if they end up, I mean, this is all just like probably like boomer level conspiracy shit, but like if they do end up being able to add more Supreme Court justices, that's a fucking, that's <laughs> put a nail in our it's coffin game, right it's there. Game over then. Yeah. yeah but if that doesn't happen, I think we're pretty solid. So the, um, the weird thing about the Supreme Court is there is no set number of justices. So there is nothing saying they can't. 
but the moment they yeah. start stacking the court, uh, like stacking the court, so to speak. Um, am I saying is that the right term for this one, Thick Cock? That, that's the right term. Yeah. Yeah. Court packing. Court packing. That's the one. So when they when they start packing the court on the Supreme Court level, they know it's game over for them <clears throat> because there's going to be a huge fucking problem. And then the next winning election gets another you know, majority, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just going to get to the point where it's like, we got like fucking 200 Supreme Court justices. Like, <laughs> who the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that's not that's not how this is supposed to go. Uh, yeah. And so we're going to have essentially just, they're, they're playing slow roll right now because they don't they're doing it because Biden's not popular. If, they, if Biden was actually popular, they would be packing the court. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> if if they, people actually like Joe Biden, they would pack that court in a heartbeat. He's not liked. The moment he packs the court, he's not winning. They already don't know if he's going to win next year, but the moment he packs that court, he's done. Like to a lot of people, they will be done with him. So we have a good Supreme Court while it lasts. And, you and know, honestly, good- like, I think, yeah, I think, I think there's going to be pretty. Every time that the Supreme Court makes a decision like this, it's kind of like you can't really can't put that genie back in the bottle. So, like concealed carry, we got that. Like they're going to try this sensitive spaces bullshit, but it's already getting thrown out. Like we're there isn't May issue permits anymore. So the second a mag ban gets to the Supreme Court or an assault weapon ban makes it to the Supreme Court, fuck. Like wh- what are they going to do? Like they're kind of running out of options. I will say the so. Supreme Court does have like a history of doing something like really drastic in terms like I would say Bruin in just terms of how you would see like comparing it to other rulings. It was a very drastic move. It was a needed move, but a drastic move. But yeah. then then right after it, they're like, Oh shit, like we we just did something that has caught the attention of a lot of people. Yeah. So do, they like slowly mm-hmm. try to do stuff and roll it. They'll do like they'll a three back forward, one step yeah. back kind of thing. Like yeah. three forward, one back. Like we can kind of see this in a lot of their their stuff. And sometimes they just take a drastic move, and when they realize that they gambled on a drastic move and a drastic decision on a topic, uh, that nobody actually cared enough about that topic to make it an issue, they're going to stick with their original drastic move. So, like a really good example is the Oberfeld v. Hodges case on gay marriage. Yeah, there was like all 50 states. Yep, it's legal now. You fuck yeah. off. And everyone just kind of shrugged and said, okay, that's fine. And nobody really wanted to fight that one. But then, like, you get um, a lot, some of the, like, uh, the free speech laws about um, slander and libel. You see those, and you'll see that they will go and write out, okay, this is okay, but this isn't okay. But the circumstances are actually kind of similar, but just barely different. Right? Yeah. And, like, so, the the one thing that I'd worry about just a little bit is, like, the judges that are getting us these awesome rulings. Like, I love Clarence Thomas on gun rulings. I don't necessarily love him too much on, like, his opinions on the Fourth Amendment, which is not, which is not amazing. And that kind of runs the risk of, well, like, you know, if they go really hard in the paint on one issue, but then they're also pissing off the general public on another issue, then it really, like, puts pressure on the Democrats to eventually pack the third. I would yeah. agree with that. 
Yeah, I, I think it's also this other thing is that a lot of people who want like, just staying within the topic of guns, a lot of you know normie people that don't like us having AR-15s say, well, why can't you compromise? And I don't think they actually understand the term compromise. <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh, God. And they do, like they literally won't. And so I was thinking about this the other day, and like an actual textbook example of compromise, which I'm not advocating for this as a policy position, but this is an example of a compromise, is if there was a 50 states constitutional concealed carry for all standard handguns, right? But if you wanted to own an AR-15, you had to do a licensing class that was not horribly expensive, and then you can own an AR-15. That would be an example of compromise. They are not willing to entertain that idea. Their compromise no, is just you give us something and we don't kill you. Yeah, their, <laughs> their negotiated point is they literally want to uh, they're negotiating your acceptable tolerance level down. That's what they're trying I, to do. I think yeah, the, they last, sold the, the last yep. actual compromise we had in gun rights was FOPA 86. Like, yeah, yeah. FOPA did a lot of good things, but we all know the Hughes Amendment was in there, and that was the compromise was, okay, the Hughes Amendment fucking sucks, but we get, you know, protections of interstate transfer, and we can buy Inter ammo through mail order, and that, yeah, that was an actual compromise. Yeah. And they tried we, to sell the... Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, well, they tried to sell the Safer Communities Act as a compromise, and their compromise was, oh, we're going to give you money for a red flag law, which, like, if you're a gun guy, that's not exactly a compromise. Like, I didn't want that. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, so, it's what's, like your what's your compromise? So, I'm going to actually offer you 25% of your car's value as a compromise. That's not a compromise, you're just fucking me over. No, that's I'm a safer And then, you know, the, the other issues that come with the Safer Communities Act of the whole you know, basically mandatory waiting period for anybody over or under 21. Which is so know. ridiculous. Like, they did that, and then, like, they they wrote it in such a way that you, you sound like a fucking horrible person for opposing it. Like, that's the problem with it, is they wrote it in such yeah. a way that you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's not good. Like, they're just... Oh, yeah, California did that with the... Sorry, go ahead. Well, so the, the are you exactly aware of like how they've done this for all the other states, Reno? Because this is different. Well, so California. in California, um, California had a ballot proposition. It was Prop sixty three, I think it was, which was what gave us the ammo background check and the uh, magazine ban. That would mm -hmm. like previously, if you owned magazines, you could still keep them, but you couldn't buy more. Prop sixty three was ammo background checks and um, magazine ban, so you couldn't possess them. And the way that they worded the fucking ballot proposition was like, if you vote no, you fucking love killing babies, you fucking dickhead. Like, that's that's basically how they fucking worded this thing of, like, you can't, if you don't know what you're reading, you can't vote no on that. You're like, of course I don't want to see kids die. <laughs> like, right, and, um, then, and then it gets passed, like, wait, that's what it was? Oh, shit, right? Yep. <laughs> and so, like, the way, um, to explain to the audience who doesn't quite understand this, the... It was the Safety for All initiative. Oh like, god, I hate that oh, they yeah. use these safety, terms. Safety for all? Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I, I want everybody to be safe. Yeah, it's gun safety. It's a gun safety law. It's like, no, you I don't fucking gonna... know anything about gun safety in the first place. Well, like, I hate it, these people for that's, this. This is not... that's the thing. This is actually though, a public is... health emergency. 
Oh, uh, fuck off New Mexico. That's the that's the thing that the antis have done though is they've changed the conversation from the nineties. It was gun control, gun bans, this, that, and the other. Now it's conversation. They, they reword things of it's gun safety. It's a public health crisis because these words aren't as inflammatory. So your average people mm-hmm. are like, oh, it's just gun safety measures. It has nothing to do with banning guns. You know, that's oh, common the, the sense, safe, right? The Safer Communities Act has nothing to do with a mandatory, you know, seven to ten day waiting period for anyone under twenty one. Like that, that's not a thing. It's just safety. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing about the whole topic is like they can set the tempo. We have allowed them to see, like, to take the language, and so mm-hmm. there's a certain point where you have to accept the language they have, and then there's a certain point where you have to push back on the language they have. So, like, whenever yeah. someone says assault weapons ban, I actually don't fight the term assault weapon or try to say like, assault weapons or assault rifles or this. Like, I don't fucking care. I really don't. Yeah, I don't either. It, it, that, that's not worth the mental bandwidth to argue it's, and debate yeah. that term. That's that's the because same, I would rather same. defend the argument of. I defend the argument of having the assault weapon, right? Yeah. There's a reason yeah. to have that gun, not that that weapon is actually not the weapon you think it is. Like that's that that never works. That never yeah. works. Um, You're never gonna change someone's mind by getting in a grammar fight. Like there, no, there is some merit to like, hey, let's get on the same page of like what we're talking about. And now I'm going to tell you why I should have the ability to own these firearms, regardless of whether or not it has a name that you agree on. Yeah. And then the, the gun safety one, though, I will fight back on that. Like, oh, I will yeah. fight yep. them on the term on that because it's like, I know gun safety better than you know gun safety. Your gun, <laughs> gun safety has everything to do with laws, and mine has everything to do with actually handling a gun safely. So yeah. we're defining it differently. Don't steal that. Like, don't play a game with me on this. That's not how this fucking works. But and also, gun safety has been like a agreed upon term and phrase used in our vernacular for so long. It's like, don't try to fucking change the definition of pre-established words, motherfucker. Like, we, we are talking about this for years. That is not use that word. That's our word. Yeah, our word. Gun <laughs> is our word. You can't use it. Wait, a minute. hold on. but like legitimately they they're using that terminology because it makes sense for them to try to brand themselves like this that's all they're trying to do is break it's and it's it's actually smart on their part like that's the thing is like i hate this argument and as of you know mature as a person saying the phrase oh well they're just dumb is the worst fucking thing you can say these people are actually really smart they just don't understand. Yeah, they do not understand the simplistic answer that at a certain point in any point of life, the world could go to violence quickly. And having a weapon to protect yourself is important. Yeah. And I, I, what's crazy is like, I think about world. what I think about like, okay, so these people all believe that you don't, you should not own a firearm to protect yourself, regardless of it's the most palatable fucking handgun in the world. Like it, they, they truly believe you should not own a firearm at all to protect yourself. No one should. I have had to call the police on a handful of occasions and have been put on hold. Like I'm talking, all operators are busy right now, multiple times. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, 
yeah, like I thankfully in most of those situations wasn't the person that's in danger, but like, I'm not very confident that if I was ever having to call the police because I was in danger, that anyone would help me or be able to help me or even want to help me. So like what life have they lived that they've never been put in a situation where they've been fearful for their lives? You know, like that's, I'm so jealous of you. (laughs) It's such an, it's such an insane like disconnect from reality. Like a great example is Mm -hmm. I, my campus for the longest time, our uh, our campus police department has been unarmed, and we're like one of the only ones in our city that still are doing that. And they finally That's made wild. the decision. They're like, we're gonna give your uh, like the supervisors, which are like three dudes. We're just gonna give them uh, handguns, and people flip their shit. And people, there was protests, all this type of stuff, and then like recently during one of my classes we all went into lockdown because like a murderer escaped a local hospital and everybody Jesus. just was sitting in there and like yeah the guy was like wanted for shooting and killing somebody and then everyone was just like all sitting around it was the worst thing for me because like i live in virginia and commute into dc so i'm like my gun is literally less than a mile from where i am right now and if i get if i yeah. get stabbed to death by this dude here this would like oh, all yeah. my friends first of all are gonna make fun of me <laughs> but even even after that they were like yeah we don't need armed uh campus police officers i'm sure the secret service or something will just protect us which is insane which God, it's wild. it's the most entitled attitude and so i i see this happen with so many different people so um uh the last episode we recorded i talked about this but that one's probably going to be a little guest up surprise for people later um, recently I went to a concert venue in my area that is well known for having a lot of tourists, right? It's like a really popular nightclub kind of place. And so I was talking to this tourist couple from the UK and the lady just starts going off on me. I'm like, do you like, are you patriotic? Cause your problem with guns is so bad. And I was just like, I fucking can't. Right. That was like, a great accent. Like, yeah, that was, that was impressed. Like I, I just couldn't believe that. At least our schools aren't shooting ranges. <laughs> just, just disregard the British and anything they have to say. Oh, dude, I, I just like I, I had to bring up the point to her is like I don't care what you think about this and what it doesn't matter what I think about this. We can't put the genie back in the bottle. If you run the stats, there's 16 million Ford F-150s in this country and well over 40 million AR-15s. We have more <laughs> Air-15s than we have Ford trucks by a wide yeah. margin. You cannot well, fix this. You cannot undo this. There is nothing else to do here. So <laughs> like, you, I have a right you, to have it. All collect- Go ahead. You, you had that experience, and it, it's funny because I've had the, 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 the opposite one, uh, living so close to Canada and all that. You know, there's there's people that once shit started hitting the fan in Canada, they've they've moved down here to, you know, be able to keep things and be able to, you know, have guns and do this. And like our FedEx driver for the shop is a is a really good example of this. He uh, he left the UK when they started, you know, putting all the really heavy handed gun ban stuff in in the, the 80s and 90s. And he was like, nope, I'm not going to play that game. And he decided that he was going to pack up and move here. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like it's, 
Go ahead. I was gonna say, was the uh, uh, the British lady that asked you about owning guns? Was she like super old? No, she was like twenties. Did like, she had bad oh. teeth? No, actually, her Beyond. teeth were not gross looking. But she was just oh, she was so annoying, teeth. and it was one of those moments that I was I was also really pissed about it because I was uh, I had met some girls at the bar and was hanging out with them. And I was having a great time hanging out with them. And then this British lady comes over and starts trying to get me to talk about gun politics. And I'm like, God oh. damn it. I was having a good night. <laughs> like, st- yeah. shut up. Fuck. I don't want to. I don't want to talk to you about this. Look, why do they, why are they only talking? The autism is take control. <laughs> well, the funniest part about it as well is that one of the things she said is like, well, like, okay, look, like, the UK does not, in fact, have a whole lot of firearms, but like, there's plenty of European countries like, you know, Finland has a fair amount of firearms ownership. You've got Czech Republic with concealed carry. Italy has concealed carry in some regard. And she cuts me right off and says, they are so racist in Italy. And I'm like, do you, my first thought is, do you go to places on vacation that you don't like and be like, here's what's wrong with you. Is that your vacation? What are you fucking doing with your yeah. life? <laughs> Fuck. Like, well, you yeah, go lady, to- you're going to solve it. You're going to fucking solve all the problems. Please go to Italy and inform them of their racism. It's going to go great. I'll say <laughs> being a little racist is somewhat true. I, I did not have a, they were not miserable. <laughs> like, they're like, what boat did you jump off to get here? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. uh, the one from South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Italians just do not give a fuck. <laughs> oh, they do not. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to steal your women, so that's fair to them. Like, <laughs> God damn it, Fitcock. You made me laugh so hard I spilled my drink. <laughs> Get back on your boat. Sir, I flew here. <laughs> yeah, in the wheel well of the plane. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny, man. Like they don't understand. Like they, the the European mindset does not understand American gun ownership. Um I was yeah, talking to I mean, like, even, if, even if we all agreed, like if we all collectively, every single American said, "Yeah, you know, let's get rid of our guns." We fucking couldn't if we wanted to. Like, there's just couldn't. no fucking like we can't do that. Like, we just physically I mean, could not track them all down. <laughs> I think I've forgotten about some of them that I own. I don't think I'd remember where I put all of them. I I le- legitimately have got. I have a twenty-two forty-five that I have. Every time I, someone has asked me to count the firearms I own, I have forgot. I forgot about owning it for like two years, and then I found it at the back of my safe, and I was like, "Oh, hey, shit, it's there." So yeah, I have done that. I have done that. I was like, "Oh yeah, I did own that gun," and so yeah, like I do forget about owning guns sometimes. I was going to say I've done something similar because I have a one of the Henry U.S. Survival rifles, the the AR sevens, and mm-hmm. that's actually a particularly it, forgettable rifle, so that's understandable. Well, and it's that, and I have a 1022 takedown. They're both takedown guns, and I always forget I have them. 
until I'm like going through my closet and I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I do own these. Oh crap. I should shoot these more. And then they <laughs> go back in there and I never shoot them. <laughs> it's, it's been the same case for me. I have, I have a pretty nice AK that I haven't shot in like a year. I probably should show, go shoot it sometime soon. I'm not going to, but I probably should. I've been saying <laughs> that about my, I've been saying that about M1 Garands for like four years now. I'm like, I should go shoot one of those again soon. It's been a while and I never do it. Yeah, but it's kind of funny. Like we we legitimately have more guns than we ever really know what to do with in this country. And on top of that, we've had such a lax, I don't give a shit culture about guns. Even of a in a history of ignoring laws that are we all we mm-hmm. all agreed and wanted to have passed, um, like there's no look at look at the drug consumption rates in the United States. Yeah, and how much of it is legal? Mm, <laughs> yeah, like let's be honest, we have a culture of this. This is a culturally American thing that just happens in the in the gun culture, like. I yeah. can't carry here. Well, fuck it. I, I'm doing it anyway, right? Is a, well, how thick? Is, how thick is my sweatshirt? I, I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 I've been doing lap pull downs. My shoulders look nice and broad. I can hide a gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's that kind of shit that you like. You have to weigh your in your mind about. You're like, eh, okay, like they're not going to notice, and just keep walking. Um, or like, yeah. oh no, no, that's noticeable, and then try to figure out whether or not you really need to go in there. Uh, well, and then, yeah, and then you know, depending on the state that you live in. Uh, Granted, I know California, it's not going to be this way, but I know here in North Dakota, like no carry signs don't have the force of law behind them. The most they can do is ask you to leave. Yeah, I th- in California. Um, so it's up to the currently it's up to the sheriff's discretion. So on my permit, um, I don't have the stipulation that signs hold weight of law. Now, if they ask you to leave and you don't, they can trespass you. Yeah, um, but some counties the sheriff will put on there that a sign holds force of law um which would basically mean that you're carrying without a permit because the permit is invalid at that moment but thankfully my sheriff is pretty chill um but with next year a lot of things are going to change and i'm gonna have to talk a lot about that with um depending on how the sensitive spaces lawsuit goes i mean it's it's a whole interesting thing really that like again it gets it gets me fucking so while it's wild to me that this is like such a topic because even like in colorado you like to actually ban concealed carry would be a real problem like they Mm -hmm. to try to pass a sensitive spaces law like california has tried they they know they can't touch it they know they can't touch concealed carry in the state because there are too many concealed carry licenses and people left and right that have concealed carry licenses in colorado yeah, they can't touch it. New Mexico is kind of the same way, and I think that's really why that carry ban in New Mexico fell flat on its face. Is uh, there's a lot of liberals in Albuquerque that conceal carry. They were like, uh, "No, I should be able to." Fuck you. <laughs> like, Albuquerque is yeah. a pretty liberal area, but like, yeah, there there's definitely a lot of people in that area that were like. I'm still carrying. Eat my ass. Yeah. And the, the <laughs> sheriff, literally, a, a Democratic uh, sh- sheriff said, uh, yeah, like, no, I'm not enforcing this. She's no, I'm not, talking out of her ass. She's I'm talking not touching this with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not yeah. enforcing this. We're not touching this with a 10-foot pole. She could fuck off, he's right? Like, like, he's like, well, since I want to be reelected, she clearly doesn't. I'm going <laughs> to let her take all the heat on this one, and I ain't touching it. <laughs> 
it, it's the wildest thing is it's like and honestly i i think this uh this the whole this is a phobia for these people right yeah there's the phobia of these people and then there's the normies in the middle and then there's us on the on our side of it and yeah. frankly we seem too weird to talk oh, to are. the normies and then <laughs> the normies only want to listen to the people that are deathly afraid of firearms yeah they will only listen to them because they seem more normal and we don't that's really all yeah. it is so it is a matter of optics that solves yeah, the problem that really is something like people will comment on my channel a lot and be like, you know, like, how do I like have these conversations with people? And like, I always like start up up front, like you got to realistically look at yourself and think, what are my capabilities in a conversation? Like, how good am I going to be at trying to convey this in a way that doesn't just come off like I'm berating them? Like, what are your you have to have the skills yeah. and the tact yeah. to have that conversation with a normal person that's up for debate of what they really feel um, or like willing to listen. And mm -hmm. also like I tell people like know your audience, know when it's time to have that conversation and when it's not like you're on Facebook, you're probably not going to have that good of luck having a conversation with someone, especially if you don't know them super well, but like in person with someone, you know, that you understand might disagree with you, but has the mental capacity to listen that's really where you're going to be best suited investing your time, you know? So just time and place for everything. There's people in my life that I disagree with on things pretty like fundamentally, but it's like, I just know that like, we're both going to disagree about this and that's fine. Like, I'm just not going to waste my time trying to change your opinion on one thing when I just know we could just enjoy our time together otherwise. Yeah. And it's also, I think, you may some people need to understand the idea that maybe they're not the representative or the, the way they're trying to represent the gun culture is not going to be helpful or if they're only serving a particular audience. So yeah. uh, from our episode with Lucas uh, Botkin, we had, you know, there's a good point that we kind of came to is well, Lucas is really good at evangelizing the gun stuff to the gun people. But mm -hmm. I do not want him talking to the soccer mom. Uh, yeah. who is questioning whether or not <laughs> she should uh, support an assault weapons ban, right? Yeah. Because if you start talking They're, to a, the average mm -hmm. soccer mom, you know, with three kids and a husband that is, you know, trying to sort out her feelings on whether or not AR-15s should be legal, um, the guy that looks like a youth pastor from Colorado with body armor and an AR-15 <laughs> and night vision goggles uh, talking about overthrowing the government is perhaps not the person she needs to be listening to. But a guy like Coleon Noir might be the guy that she should listen to. Yeah. Right? And so well, I, it's understanding where you fit in the mesh of things. And mm -hmm. I think you actually do probably a better job of uh, the general public advocacy than probably more people like Lucas Botkin or Garantham because you're not – you're more – uh, adjacent to the entry level for people, right? Yeah, I, 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 I tend to, I know my audience, I know myself, I'm basically a normal ass dude with a day job that like nerds out on the internet 
And I know how to have those conversations with like normal people. And you, you, like, there's definitely times on the internet where I'm a fucking dick. Like I love to cyber bully people. Like I truly love it. But I also know that at certain points when I'm trying to convey like laws that are going into effect, I'm going to kind of put on like my business voice and be personable and be the kind of person that I would think the person I'm trying to reach would actually listen to. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the important thing is there's a huge divide uh, culturally because we like to, one, we like to have the uh, discussions and thoughts about, you know, the point of the second amendment and its tyranny and stuff. And that frankly, Mm -hmm. firearms ownership in context of second amendment has nothing to do with any form or fashion of self-defense thing. It has to do with armed combat and armed conflict. That's what it has to do with, because it was written expressly for that. But Mm -hmm. that's not the conversation that you need to have with everybody, right? Yeah, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Time and place. (laughs) Time and place and those kind of things. And more realistically, our question about this has to come from where do we want to represent ourselves with people? Because there's a lot of growth opportunity to actually get the right people into the fold of the gun community but you don't want to chase them out. Yeah. I think that's um, like something that I've like put a lot, like a decent amount of thought into recently is like, I've been like discovering like um, a lot of like female content creators um, that like talk about how they carry guns and whatnot. And it's really been interesting to see, like I've been seeing more and more female gun content creators that aren't gun bunnies. Can I interrupt you on this? So you said not gun bunnies, but are they like, that could mean a lot of things. Are they like, completely outside of the gun space that conceal carry um or, or they not, like they're just kind of like just, in the social media space but they're not like exclusively in the social media gun, space but, but they're, they're not, not like it yeah like it's a uh, I've, I've seen a lot of like content creators that are female that um their content is about like carrying a gun or the lifestyle from their perspective which i think is a perspective that we truly are missing out on in this community is like there's a ton of borderline autistic people like me um, making videos, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of like what you would consider a normal woman that carries a gun talking about her experience living a life like that. There's, I, there's a couple I, yeah. out there like that. And I, I yeah. agree with you that it's, it's, it is lost in the noise between um, mm-hmm. autistic retards like us and women trying to use their tits to get sponsorships yeah. from gun marketing companies. Um, totally. And then there's the, 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 the double edge of that sword is when you find, let's say that particular female content creator that makes good content about concealed carry for women. Right. Which I'm sure like mm-hmm. you've probably had your wife ask you these questions about concealed carry. Like, well, if I wanted to start, what should I look at? And you're like, I don't know. I only know concealed carry for dudes. Shit. Yeah. Right? I don't wear a dress. <laughs> I don't know how to help you, honey. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, when you find out, my clothes. I'm fucking yeah. up. <laughs> like, if you are looking at, at, okay, who do you recommend to her? Well, if it just so happens that that girl who provides good content for concealed carry for women is out there and people look at it and it's good and she just so happens to also be pretty. She's going to have to contend with being called a gun buddy, despite the fact that she's actually trying to do something legitimate, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it, it is going to bite her in the ass 
just the same way yeah. that it rightfully should bite the gun bunnies in the ass, right? Yeah. It's going to totally. hit both of it, it, it sucks. So it's like the people that are like actually making good content about the lifestyle and aren't just trying to be flashy, uh, like decorative pieces in a video, um, they have to struggle with the same accusations just because they are a woman. Exactly. You know? And it's, it's also interesting because that... I will say this. I think as, as it stands right now, the gun community is better at marketing to women than we have been in a long time. Um, yeah. Because it used to be really bad. Like, it used to be, like, the cheesiest, <laughs> shittiest stuff. Here's um, your pink girl pink camo. Girl. Yeah. I'm sorry? Buddy hey. girl camo and your pink gun. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's still out there, but, like, it's... that. Yeah, it used to be all there is. But right. now, I mean, you you have a good point, though. But now we're seeing things like the P three sixty five rosé, you know, with the the whole the Lena thing tied into it, like that's specifically geared to that. And you know, here's a here's Lena. You get you know her teaching a course that comes with the gun, and you know that it, it is better than what had it has been in the past. It's less of this. Oh, here's your pink gun. Here's your small pink gun that you'll never be able to shoot well. To you know, here's a solution for women specifically. You know, with a class that integrated into it that is geared towards women. Well, because before you were, they were these guys were essentially trying to sell the, these guns to these women's husbands and the husband's yeah. idea of what a woman's gun should be, and now they're and that, actually directly marketing to them. Yeah, and it's it's also one of those things that like we've seen a lot of other concealed carry solutions that have been developed either with input from women for women or otherwise can be actively used by women for concealed carry that we would we haven't seen like five we wouldn't didn't see like five years ago. Just five years ago. Like the Philster Enigma is a really good example, even though I've been using those for two years purely to hide a, a gun and a pair of gym shorts. Um, because I can carry a full size pistol and gym shorts. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Why the fuck wouldn't I want to do that? Um, and now the Hunter Constant uh, like, Concealed Carry oh, okay. Belt, I have one of those as well. Uh, I've got both those of those. Are, yeah, they both work great. They both work awesome. Uh, but shout out to Hunter for sending me mine uh, for free. Actually, that was really nice of him. Uh, but I, you know, love those products. But they're products that you could tell a woman, oh yeah, you want to carry in a dress or you want to carry in a skirt. Like you could use this. Whereas, like, <laughs> previously, um, like, you'd have to tell a woman who wants to conceal carry, like, um, dress like a dude. <laughs> like, or, like, at best case scenario, here's some ulti clips for your little holster. Yeah. Like, that was the best they had. Yeah, you could maybe try to get away with the belly band. Maybe. But the <laughs> belly band typically is pretty fucking terrible. Right? Yeah. And so, for stuff like that, there's solutions now that we have that are actually viable solutions. Um, and it, to me, I'm happier with that sort of thing. I think it, it, we're getting better at this. Um, but there is still the problem of the legitimate content made for women. That is what it should be. And, um, the gun bunnies that are definitely just seeking attention who try to prop themselves up now as serious shooters because they know they have to, or else they're going to get no, they just got bullied into it. They got yeah. bullied into trying to prop themselves up as serious shooters, but they're not really serious shooters. 
Yeah. We're seeing that problem begin, begin to manifest itself pretty seriously. So I think it's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic as things progress in gun culture as to where that goes. But yeah, it's, it's think, uh, reaching reaching these demographics are going to be huge because um, it's it's a culture war. And right now, in the past few years, we've seen a huge increase in a lot of demographics that typically did not own guns at very high rates now purchasing firearms because they're kind of starting to realize like, oh, I might be needing to protect myself. No one is going to be able to protect me potentially. And I think that it's been good to like have these sort of shifts because look, like, let's be real. Like Democrats in California, if they're gun owners are probably going to keep voting Democrat. But like the biggest thing that I'm trying to get people to do is like, Hey, maybe vote for the non incumbent or like, you know, let's say that you know that the person in your district is going to win maybe you choose to vote for the Republican instead simply to reduce their 60% margin of votes to 50, like, or like to 58, you know, like, and they still win, but it kind of puts a little pressure on them. Like that's, that's really like the best that I can ask for in this state, which sucks. But if we can kind of get more people to think about guns as a real serious thing to vote in favor of, maybe we make a little bit of progress and maybe it kind of stops the worst of it. Because I think in the state of California, I think there was like a hundred and something anti-gun bills introduced and the CRPA was able to kill like a hundred of the 120, but like 20 something got through. So like it takes a lot of work, but maybe if we can cut that number down to like 80 bills per year (laughs) introduced, maybe we only get one that slips through. You know, it's just trying to push back little by little. Yeah, and I think, I think hitting those demographics is huge. I, I think that's going to be easier said than done, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, because, I'm over here pissing in the wind. <laughs> yeah, because like, I've had this conversation with family members that own firearms, and I'm like, yo, like, are you really going to be seriously considering the idea of voting for Democrats? They're like, well, I'm not a one issue voter. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like you live in, you know, insert purple state that's leaning pretty blue. OK, like you live in Colorado or you're living in, mm-hmm. you know, you live in downtown Atlanta or wherever, like wherever that place is. That's not that way. Like you can just kind of give up on like that sort of thing and let, you know, vote for the one yeah. issue because well, most also, of your other shit's it's gonna the happen. one issue that actually happens. Like it's it's the one issue that like the Democrats actually in some states manage to do something like federally. They're not really getting away with a whole lot of stuff at a state level. Like, you know, they're not really doing anything other than guns. It's like the biggest thing that they actually focus on and do something. So like the biggest thing they actually want to do is guns. (laughs) That's the one thing they actually want to do. Like, because at the end of the day, like uh, if you talk to any sort of like liberal gun owner, that's like, well, but like I want to support second amendment and i support the second amendment but also i really believe in universal health care and this and that and you're like okay that's that's great buddy but like um unfortunately they're not, gonna do that. they're not going to ever do those things because i hate to tell you this um the recent god savior of the democratic party barack obama was absolutely in the pocket of insurance companies who made the yeah. whole process of uh obamacare worse and they also are going to make sure that there is no universal health care thing they fucked up that there is nothing you can do, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing that can be done to make that happen. So good luck. Go ahead and vote for the guy that's going to take away your guns. But the thing you wanted, it's never happening. 
Yeah, it's like what you're you're voting on these other issues that you're not going to get, but you will lose some of your gun rights potentially. Like that's the one thing they're going to do something about. They're going to make do on that campaign promise to the best of their abilities. I mean, it's it's the entire thing that like we see this whole discussion about politics in the United States, and it's the it's the most annoying fucking topic. And I hate that we are the most we are more political. And I can ever remember being in recent memory. Um, I think there might have been like. Maybe right after 9-11, we were about this political. But that's like barely. Yeah, we're still more now than I think even after 9-11. Um, but, you know, it's OK because the Ukrainians are getting uh, getting their very <laughs> precious tanks. So I'm happy. Yep. And, uh, the, and the Israelis are getting their Patriot batteries. Slobber Ukraina <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, I like, love spending billions of dollars for foreign countries. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the best, right? Absolutely the best. <laughs> hey, say what you want. I I single handedly I think have propped up IWI's five five six manufacturing department. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. I I will trade uh, IMIM one ninety three for. Uh, Iron Dome uh, missiles. Yeah. Send yeah, me the one of the missile systems. Yeah. And their 77 uh, green stuff. Send me, send me some of that 77 Razor Core and I'll uh, get, you the, uh, get you the missiles you need there, champ. Signed, Lockheed Martin. <laughs> just pay. I would love it if they just said, we, we, we're going to get the Iron Dome, but this time we're going to pay for it in ammo. And they're like, what? <laughs> like yeah you guys don't do swap for swap like sure it's I guess like fine whatever uh, but fucking, it's wild to me and I think it's also interesting because the gun culture now that we have now has gotten smarter about this stuff like we have gotten smarter about paying attention to the politics we've gotten smarter about paying attention to who in our own ranks would actually like screw us over and also to vet information and test information and try stuff out. We have gotten smarter in the past 20 years. And I think it's because of the social media side of this. I was going to say that's the blessing of social media. Like I can, you can thank me later. (laughs) God damn it. We told you to get back on the boat. But it's very interesting to like look at the uh, the whole social media landscape, you know, because you have, frankly, either like just for the sake of California alone, like your channel is the most important YouTube channel for people in California, bar none. Like I don't think there's anything else. Thank you. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's, it's um, being able to influence people or just like educate people is huge because the amount of con like if I went through my total YouTube comments and just searched up like um, CCW because of you, like just that, that phrase, I would probably pull up a thousand comments of people literally just typing out. I got my CCW because of you. Thank you. Um, Like the amount of people that I like have helped personally in my real like friend group, you know, it's like one thing, but being able to like reach thousands and thousands of people that now have a concealed carry permit that wouldn't have otherwise applied, especially in my County alone, because in 2018, I made a video saying, Hey, here's the process. I did it. It's pretty easy. Here's everything you need to know, everything you need to do. Um, and like 
the person that handles the CCW permits, like knows me by name, always says thank you. Cause in the video, I was like, be nice to Alicia. She's really friendly. And like, don't be mean to her. Um, and like everyone was like, everyone since that saw the video has been super nice to the CCW permit coordinator. And she's always like really happy to see me every two years when I go in and get a new permit. Um, so just having that information out there is huge. Cause if you type in CCW in Sonoma County, it's like the sheriff's website shows up and then right under it, my video like shows up. So it's pretty cool to have that impact. Yeah, and it's kind of one of those things that we have the ability to do that now. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if if we were dealing with the concealed carry permit challenges now that we have, but we were dealing it with the lack of internet uh, accessibility that we had in, let's say, the 1990s. Yeah. Um, like, imagine not hearing about that until, the, like, three months later in a fucking American Rifleman magazine. Yeah, or imagine, like... <laughs> hearing like oh yeah i'm gonna go get my concealed carry permit like oh well so actually you can't carry in public at all anymore at like the gun shop and then you don't know if you can verify like you don't know how to verify that information so what do you do how do you how do you verify this right now you can actually like search it and be like holy shit it is actually a thing right like this actually did pass right and so Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that we have the ability to be a lot more mobile right now and i think that's why we're on the winning edge is that the yeah. small clan of idiots is able to actually mm-hmm. coordinate now. And that's good. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing. Um, and it's interesting to me, like, to look at it from, from your perspective on this, like, the whole perspective of how fast the information change has gone, it's very... Hmm, that's not really a good way to say this. I think it has enlightened a lot of people but i also think that it allows for the misinformation to spread easier and i don't know what your perspective on that has been as like a pretty sizable content creator how have you found the misinformation spread to impact things that you do like if okay but my buddy said this and then you're like okay well hold on fuckhead like let's talk about it yeah that's that's that was a huge reason like why this channel started to begin with when i was working at a gun store of like there was bad information floating around about the upcoming changes to the assault weapon ban in california we were getting 50 phone calls a day and it's like we told them like hey like we don't have time to spend like 10 minutes with you on the phone right now but if you look up the video that we made it's going to be way better than what i can give you off the cuff um and still to this day like i'm constantly battling misinformation because a lot of information that people get is either outdated or it's like specifically when it comes to like carrying or transporting a firearm in the state of California, rifles just need to be unloaded. Shotguns just need to be unloaded. Anything that's considered a concealable firearm. So like anything like a pistol or with a short barrel, um, those need to be unloaded, locked container. That's it. There is nothing mentioning that ammunition cannot be in a magazine next to the gun. There's nothing about ammo needs to be in its own locked container, separate in a different compartment or in the trunk. It's just handguns unloaded, locked container. But cops prefer to see them in separate containers. Some cops prefer that. So what they tell people is how they recommend people carry and transport firearms, which is different than what the law is. So because of that, there's constant misinformation out there. And that's just one example. 
But I think the other big one is, so with the Bolin versus Bonta lawsuit that I'm a part of that's challenging mm-hmm. the handgun roster, we've been able to get several guns onto the handgun roster. Now, previously, there was a law, or there still is a law, that if a firearm that has micro-stamping, loaded chamber indicator, magazine disconnect, and is by definition a safe handgun gets added to the roster, three models that have been on the roster that don't meet the current requirements but are grandfathered in would have to be removed. That's what the law says. Now, I don't want to say too much, but currently that law is not being enforced. So we've had several guns that don't have micro stamping, but do have magazine disconnects and loaded chamber indicators added to the roster. No guns have been removed. And I, some people made videos talking about their fear of firearms potentially being removed. I never made a video talking about that. And I explicitly have said that this is not currently being enforced many, 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 many times. But because people put out a video, a, a, a individual, um, not Anthony Miranda, arms scholar, by the way, not him. Uh, someone put out a video saying, hey, these guns might go, like some of our guns might go away. We might lose some Glocks because SIG put a P320 on the roster. Um, so because of that, I'm dealing with constant, every time a gun gets added, probably 50 comments saying, hey, what three guns did we lose? What three guns did we lose? And I'm constantly having to like pin comments saying that nothing's getting removed post on my community tab or mention it in the video explicitly that that's not being enforced. But because people keep saying it, misinformation just runs rampant. And it's like, it's, it's hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Once someone with a big enough following says something, fuck man, like I've definitely fucked up before. It's like, and it's like, you know, I, I fucked up before when it came to like some magazine band stuff. Um, and like, luckily I got that video down before it had like a thousand views and it was only up for like a couple minutes. And then like, I had to, I spent like weeks, like I was like, I fucked up. So it's my, like, I'm taking the lashings here. I fucked up. I got to do what I can to pr- like counter any misinformation that I possibly spread by a couple hundred people seeing a video with, with a bad piece of information in it. And most people don't do that. You know, most people won't like counter their own misinformation. Or they'll leave I mean, their video up, even if they make an apology. And I'm like, dude. I was going to say, and that, and that shit sp- spreads quick, too. I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the look at the most recent Lake City thing that we just went through. Like, everybody's like, oh, Lake like, City's not like, being sold to civilians anymore. And it's not, it, they're not doing it anymore. And, like, Lake City had to come out on their own Facebook and be like, uh, we haven't changed our policy and it's still available. Yeah, so I think with that, so like I saw a couple emails from a few different sources that like I think there was like one distributor that just gave out or like one wholesaler or something that like a lot of people buy from gave out bad information. Um, so who knows what employee got bad information and then relayed that improperly. But like the emails that I saw were like, Oh fuck, like they're like actually not going to be able to place an order on this ammo. And, um, and I saw the same emails. Yeah. Like I, I asked some yeah. people and got a hold of the emails and was like, okay, you know, there's this, but it was all the same email from the same distributor. Yeah. And you know, this is a nice thing about working in the industry is we have distributors and we never mm-hmm. got an email from, you know, the the email I saw was not from like RSR and we yeah, never yeah, got, we like, never got an email from RSR saying, Hey, we can't get the ammo anymore. 
which they yeah, would so have done. Yeah, so aren't shit. <laughs> that's like a yeah. big boy in the industry. I mean, like, it, but that's the thing. Like, people want want to act like the sky is falling all the time. It's this this perennial thing that happens. It happens with like gun people. It happens with conservative politics and all that stuff. Is that it? It feels like you are always on the losing foot, and therefore everything bad always happens to you, and therefore that's how you make money. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah, and, and I think there's like that that last sentence, like you know, everything bad is happening, and that's how you make money. I like that has been a big part of like why I've been making a lot less videos lately. Um, so like you know, a couple years ago, I was making a two three videos a week, sometimes a video every day, just depending on what it was back you know a couple years ago. Now it's like I'll upload three times, four times a month, and it's just I, I kind of got burnt out on. There's there's a lot happening, but there's a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be spoken about for eight minutes straight. You know, there's just I think there's so much noise that it drowns out the signal. You know, like yeah. we're constantly like if everyone is constantly saying the sky is falling or holy shit, everything's great. You know, we got both ends and I'm just, I'm a little just burnt out and I'm like, I'm only going to talk about stuff that like I actually would potentially watch a video about, you know, that's kind of like where I put it. And then everything else is like either a community post, uh, Instagram or Twitter, you know, like uh, people can follow me in other places and get little information here and there. that doesn't need to be take eight minutes out of your day to watch me ramble. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things that like, it is this, perennial problem that we have everyone I, I would say almost like every month something bad's happening end of the world's happening right mm-hmm. this or yeah. that thing and it's not exclusive to guns like but it, it's some level no. like oh a new the new drama's dropped what is it right the new problem's here what <laughs> is it right and yep. it's this whole thing that you get it down like is if things are working perfectly nobody makes any money yep and if nobody makes any money nobody pays any bills and therefore, yep. we have to have something to make it all work. And so the tra- yep. trade-off that comes here is existing peacefully in that system where it doesn't affect you anymore. And still being able to keep your ear to the ground. So like last year, mm-hmm. we had the risk of the assault weapons ban. That was a thing that happened uh, almost after the u- shooting in Uvalde. So mm-hmm. I looked at, I took a stock of what I have, and it's like, I got plenty of AR mags. I've got some spare lowers. I could probably use a spare barrel sitting on the shelf. So I bought a spare barrel. Yeah. We don't, we didn't have anything pass. Yeah. I've got a spare barrel. So if I need to actually have ready to go another gun, like, yeah, I've got options. I think right? the, that's like the thing that I've been trying to convey to people like, look, like t- the election is coming up. Like, ammo is going to get expensive. It just does every time. Like, regardless of who's looking like they're going to win. Ammo gets expensive every election cycle. Mm-hmm. Stock up now so that you're not paying twice as much next year. Just like if you can afford it, get a couple thousand rounds of ammunition that's going to hold you over all of 2024, you know, because it's not going to get good and like unless a Republican is elected. Like I keep telling people you need to start investing in reloading components. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm at a point now where I'm like, starting to get ready to do that because i got space in my garage i could like get the time to do it and now that i think primers were the big thing that kept me from doing it back in like 2020 everyone was like telling me oh i can't fucking find primers and i'm like all right well i don't need to have another thing that i can't get a hold of like i'm just gonna fucking pony up the money and 
cry. Yeah, the thing is, especially in California, there's no shipping restrictions for powder and primers and projectiles. But mm-hmm. ammo, God yep. forbid you try to get ammo. Yeah, and like thankfully, I have a Curio and Relics and a COE with the state, so I can still get stuff sent to me, but like a lot of people don't take the time to do that. Yeah. And I think the other thing is like ammo availability. Like now you have to remember, as for all you young gun guys, remember this. You mm-hmm. already just went through COVID. We just went through it. You already learned a lesson of shortages. And we did this last time. With Obama, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, few of us were around for that one. So, for all no. the young guys listening to us, start remembering and thinking about things that you saw available during the shortage times and be prepared to start switching to that during a shortage time so that you can keep <laughs> your practice going and not ruining what you already have. It's like a really good example, uh, given now that it is. Pre-2024 election, there's going to probably be an ammo shortage of some capacity in some way, shape, or form, and it's readily available to find a police trade in Glock 22 or Glock 23. For 300 bucks, go snag one of them things up. And you have can't a, make me. I will not own a 40. I will never own a 40. You can never make me. <laughs> um, we have the high-pressure pistol round. You're surrounded. We're the UN. <laughs> <laughs> I hate 40 cal. I hate 40 cal. I hate 40 cal. I hate the 40 caliber. I hate the 40 caliber. I hate the 40 caliber. <laughs> but like you should you should be willing to try to mix up your calibers uh for yeah. non-serious use guns in the middle of something like any sort of you know shortage. Because we saw this with I, I saw this specifically with the uh Sandy Hooks shortage that lasted like yep. three years. The most common ca- handgun caliber you could find, and the only thing that saved 40 as a caliber was Sandy Hook. Everyone yep. was moving away from it, but when it suddenly yep. became all you could find at the store, people switched to it. Yep. And then... Sorry, Harambe? I just said that. things just... time to time. I'm anyway, sorry, yeah. I'm on the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get anyone else. Thought. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying anyway, to say this, but yeah, my phone cut out. Yeah, no, but like that's that's the smart thing to do is to to have alternate calibers, and it's going to change every time too. That's the other thing I've learned is that the Obama Sandy Hook one did not reflect the COVID one exactly. Nope. Because the Obama one, you couldn't find 22 LR for like five years. Oh my god, that was crazy! I, I was like just getting into guns in like 2012, 2013, and like everyone online said, like, yeah, just get a 22. It's super fun. And I was like, all right, yeah, like, yeah, that'll be the first gun that like I personally like own. And Jesus Christ, tracking down 22, I called like eight stores, and like it was insane. I was like, I can't believe how difficult that was. And then that was my first foray. So, like, I came into the gun world it, during, like, the t- post-Sandy Hook era. That was a wild time. Yeah, and, like, I, that's when I kind of got into it as well. And so trying to find mm-hmm. 22 LR, like, good luck, man. Like, it was yeah. a nightmare. And, like, 2013, 2014, to find 22 LR in stock somewhere, you didn't ask questions. Oh as long as they weren't charging you, like, a shitload of money, you went and bought it. 
Well, and then yeah, you have I didn't like, know any better, so I probably did. I mean, and that's that, what I did. I mean, that whole situation was fucked too because I mean, I knew guys that knew guys that worked at you know like box chain stores, and you know they mm-hmm. would get get the heads up that hey, we're putting some twenty two out today, and these dudes would line up outside before the store even opened because there was going to be twenty two on the yep. shelf that day. And then you would mm-hmm. go to the gun show and that same dude that was like, you know, in his 60s, retired and, yep. you know, doesn't have to work so he can be there right when the store opens and all that. You know, that same dude would have just a table full of 22 LR and mm-hmm. it would be three times the price of what, you know, he paid for it for anybody else to get any of it. And he still have to stick around the box. Yeah. He yeah, didn't even bother to take you. the sticker off the box. Yeah, and so you Listen, get that. But last last time with COVID, twenty two was everywhere. Yep. Yeah, I so don't understand why twenty two was so difficult to find during that era because, it like, it never mindset. It was a there were more old people was, alive back then. Too many people watching. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was also in the zombie <laughs> era, right? Yeah, 22s yeah. are zombie defense guns, 22s is prepper guns, that sort of yeah. thing. Well, yeah, it bounces yeah. around in the skull, obviously. Yeah, we know Listen, my, my solution 2200% death round because it bounces around. My solution <laughs> to this is just if you're over 60 and have a subscription to American Rifleman, you should just be a prohibited possessor, and then we'll never have any of these. <laughs> 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 I mean, I actually know some cool people. Some cool people like that, but yeah, you have a point. <laughs> you have a point. But like this past time around uh, with COVID, what was like one of the most common rifle rounds that you could find? Two twenty four Valkyrie, because federal cannot launch a caliber well to save their lives, but that caliber was around. So I knew a guy um, who decided he wanted to try two twenty four Valkyrie because he was like, you know what? Like this seems interesting. I can find it. I can shoot it at the same cost. I'm going to be shooting most five, five, six these days and it shoots further yeah. and flatter. And then this dickhead put a fucking suppressor on it and a PBS 30 clip on night vision. And <laughs> I, there, I'll say this, that is the one thing that made that caliber super cool to me is being able to sit there in the middle of the night and wreck a 400 yard and 600 and 800 yard target without even thinking Just ping, ping, ping. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, night vision is so fucking cool. It's like it it's one of those things that I don't recommend most people get it, but anyone that comes over to my house after dark, best believe I'm slapping that thing on your head and you're looking at the stars. Like, you know, every single person I know, regardless of if they're into guns, night vision is just an experience that like it's surreal. Like being able to see in the dark as if it's daytime is wild. I mean, it is and if you have an actual a, use for it, yeah, it, it, absolutely. If you have a use for it, it's adding a capability. That's what I was going yeah. to want to add in there. Is it's adding a capability to the toolbox, and it's kind of cool yeah. for people when they have it. And have you had a whole lot of experience being able to shoot with your night vision stuff? Yeah, like, um, I shoot. Uh, I definitely go out of state to hunt and don't hunt in the state with it um but even just like target shooting on public land and stuff you probably can get away with uh, that at that at yeah dusk. oh yeah you can, you can do you can do that but i mean it's the most fun like hunting coyote at night man holy shit like you like 
hunting at night with night vision is like a crazy experience because you are truly an apex predator. Like we, my buddy and I were out in a field in another state. Um, and this like deer just, we like see eyes and we can tell that they're too tall to be a coyote. And it wasn't, you know, we didn't have deer tags or anything. And so this thing, like it's maybe like a hundred yards and like, we're just standing perfectly still in the shade of a tree middle of the night. And it just slowly starts walking into the field, coming closer and closer to us. And like, we're just like shining our IR lasers at it. Like we could fucking smoke you right now. Like you're fucking dead buddy. And it gets like maybe 25 yards from us at the most. And it's just staring at us. It can tell that something is there, but it can't actually see us. And we just stood there for like three minutes, just staring at this, uh, staring at this deer, like with this massive rack. And that was, it's just a, it's an experience that you can't really explain to someone without them putting nods on, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's a, it's a, it's a new sense. It's almost like an entirely new sense. And I guess it's one of those things that for a lot of people that don't have them, they don't also realize the fact that there is a learning curve. Oh yeah. (laughs) And light discipline does in fact work both ways, even with IR. Uh Uh-huh. I've had to learn that one yep. the hard way, and it was like, oh, yeah, he could see me. <laughs> okay, yep. I am not the god of the night. Alrighty then. Yep. <laughs> uh, that, that was something I, I learned one time fucking around with nods. It's like, oh, like I thought I was being sneaky, but in fact, I just told you where I am because you have nods too. Yep. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to actually talk to you about your fitness journey because I think that's been super cool, and I, I want to give you credit on this. Um, Seeing you post about it is actually why I went back to the the gym and getting more serious about it. I love that. That's like, that's one I fucking love when people say shit like that because yeah, it's, it's like awesome. So what made you really um, decide to go into it? Like, why did you decide that this is something you want to take seriously again or for the first time? Like, what was your process with this? Yeah. So like I, at the time, uh, so like I had been like working out, maybe like I would work out like four or five months and then take five, six months off basically since high school, I never really got consistent with it. I was also, I was always like, you know, since then I was like six foot two, 160, 170 pounds kind of floated around in there through all of college, always, you know, lean, skinny, like very much a skinny guy. Then, um, it was 2020 and I was, you know, full-time job kind of had everything like in order. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to start going to the gym again. So for the first three months of the year, I was in the gym four days a week, you know, consistent. I had a routine. I was focusing on progressive overload and eating enough. And it was like the first time as an adult where I was like, I'm actually locked in. Like, I'm not going to let things get in the way of my schedule. Like, I'm going to like plan this out in my day. It's something that I enjoy doing. And then the whole world fucking shut down on me. And I was pretty pissed. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I like, I finally get locked in. I'm finally focused. And then the world just decides to completely shut down. So then it's like early September, late August of 2020. And I was at like a birthday party for some friends down in Palm Springs. And, you know, like I make like little, like sometimes I'll make like little like home videos with my cameras and stuff to like remember like events and stuff that we do together. And I got a video of me and I just saw myself when I was recording it or after like, after it was recorded, I was like, holy shit, that's what I look like. I gained probably... I was, I would, I would hover around at like 170 and I was 205 of, you know, basically 30 pounds of not good weight. 
So I was skinny fat as fuck. And I was like, Nope, unacceptable. Not doing that. Um, one of the guys that I was like there with, like he was waking up in the morning, going on a run and like doing body weight exercises in great shape. And I was like, all right, like, look, if, if he can do it, so can I, like, there's nothing stopping me. I'm just going to fucking, I went online, bought a home gym set up, got it there within a couple of weeks and just started focusing real hard on that. And, um, it's been, yeah, basically like a little over three years now of consistency in the gym. and it's been huge for me. Like I don't deal with back pain anymore. And I used to always struggle with back pain. I feel more capable moving. Like when we moved from our house that we were renting to the house that we bought was so much easier. Um, like you, you don't realize like how much being a little bit stronger than the average person will help you in your day-to-day life until you experience it. Like things just become so much easier, more comfortable, Everything just feels better. My body feels better. I don't deal with like intestinal issues anymore just because I'm eating better and exercising. But um, fitness has like it, it got to a point where like I think the reason that I started posting about it was like this is going to sound like the corniest shit in the world, but there's a like streamer, Nick Merckx, who like would do like gym streams sometimes. And I was like, you know what? Like, hey, like I'm going to start like posting some content of me like working out, just like I'll chat on the streams. And, um, people started like working out because of it. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I'm just like, here's like any information I can give you to help get you going. Um, so it, it, it became a point of like, I was a very normal ass guy and I was like, I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to like show people that like you could do it without having to like dedicate your whole life to it. Cause like a lot of people, they'll come to me and say like, look, okay, like I'm ready to start working out again. I'm going to work out six days a week. I'm going to wake up at 4am every day. I'm going to run. And I'm like, that sounds like shit. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. um, how about like you go to the gym three, four times a week and run two, three times a week at most and just ease your way into it. You know, do something that's sustainable because so many people will go so hard because they're motivated and then the motivation dies out and then they don't like what they were doing because they were going way too hard and forcing themselves through it. Yeah, and it, it's kind of one of those things like it's that old trope that you you lost all the weight but you found it again, you know? Yeah, like yeah. that happens to so many people, and so it, mm-hmm. it for me it's been kind of one of those things that like I always knew I had to like start working on it. I, always, I just knew I had to start somewhere, and then like I think it was the start of twenty one or the start of twenty two when I uh, got into my new place, and I was like, all right, like. I'm going to start focusing on this stuff. And I was like, all right, like Reno has been posting about this stuff and it seems like it's been helping him. So I'm going to try to do four days a week consistently and yep. keep it up. And so about four, four or five days a week consistently save for when I'm sick. Uh, in which case when I'm sick, I try to work in cardio and at a minimum. So they're yeah. not like hating my life, but that's just, it, kind it's of just like, like, it's good to like do something like you feel good about yourself when you do something, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things that, like, I think we have gotten the, the gun community is fitter than it's ever been. I think. Oh yeah, I, 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 I think would agree. We have got, I think we've gotten a lot fitter as a gun community because it's honestly because we bully each other on the internet for being fat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's what it is. I really think it's what it is. Yeah, because and then we we avoid being the stereotypical. Um, image of the fat gun owner and like the fat redneck mm-hmm. um 
when we do that, when we actually focus on some serious, you know, fitness stuff, we actually improve yeah. our lives better. And that sort of thing is helpful. Like it's, it's good. It's helpful. And it's important to do. Um, is that something is, have you noticed the overlap in that and that not necessarily coming from the other side of it? All right. Like that you, you go to the gym, you meet people and they're into guns, right? Or has anyone at the gym ever stopped you? Like, Oh, you're the gun YouTube guy. I watch your stuff. Okay. Yeah. I was actually going to talk about this. So, um, the gym that I work out at is in Santa Rosa, California. It's called Saiyan strength. This gym is insane. Like this gym is hardcore as fuck. Like I can deadlift 460 and that's very much bottom 25% of this gym's population. Like this gym has a ton of IFBB pro bodybuilders for both men and women, ton of very high level power lifters, like guys pulling 700 pounds. Um, and I started working out there in January of this year. And I think I've been recognized by like nine people there at that gym alone. And I only go three, four days a week. So like there's a huge overlap between people that take fitness very seriously and just in general conservative ideals, which comes with gun ownership. Like that's like a studied, that's like, that's a fact, like, Physical fitness and self-reliance goes very much in hand with a lot of typically conservative ideals. Um, and because of that, I think there's a huge overlap that I think is awesome to see. Like there is a ton of people that take their physical health very seriously that also want to have the capabilities to make it home, you know, like they want to survive. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool to see. It's I, it's It's a... An overlap that you don't expect, and then when you start seeing yeah. more and more of it, you're like, "Oh, this really does make a lot of sense." Um, yeah, it's like, "Oh, like, yeah, you you want to be capable in a variety of ways." I see that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's a really good thing to see, and I think it's interesting uh, because it bucks the trend that we've had forever and ever about mm -hmm. like well, that white guy. The old fat will bubba in the woods with an AR-15. Mm -hmm. It's like that's that's the gun owner. Like, well, actually, yeah. the the gun owner is also the dude that can easily deadlift three fifteen <laughs> and yeah, you know, is you know, like eating clean is like also yeah. a guy who's a gun owner. Like mm -hmm. that's also a thing, and I think it's that. I think it's important for people like specifically like people in a position like I'm in or like any of us where it's like, we kind of like our representation, like we have followings that are sizable and influence people. So us presenting as clean, healthy, fit, somewhat normal people, um, I think is important because it kind of puts a better image in people's minds. Like it's hard for them to attack you when you are, presentable you know they have to focus they have to fight your ideas when they can't target you you know yeah it, you set your house in order so to speak mm -hmm. yeah like it, it's a very good uh real way of bringing it about is that you set your own house in order and i think mm -hmm. when you see a lot of people that uh do that when you see the people that we have that do that it really does like you said the ideas are now the talking point and if i can back up my idea well enough and i'm well-rounded enough person that i could back up that idea then it doesn't really matter right about yeah. like or it 
the the ammunition that's being used it doesn't matter it's a, a terrible way to say that the ammunition that would normally be used against me is now moot is the better way to say it yeah yeah, um, they, they can't just call you fat and ugly. Like they can still call me ugly, but they can't call me fat. You know, correct. <laughs> I, I could be in great shape. I still can't talk to women, but at least I'm in good shape now. So that's before it would always be like, "Oh, what are you without your gun? I could beat the crap out of you." But now it's like, "Oh no, you could also beat the crap out of me without a gun." So like, I'll just pick you up, put you over my head. Like, I'll put you on top of the fridge. You can't fight me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do, bitch? <laughs> but like the the whole um I think it's also against like, one of those things if you present yourself as a little bit more well rounded and intelligent of a person, uh because mm-hmm. of the fitness and because of you know well reasoned and well thought out ideas and become that more holistic person, it does back it up. Um I remember there was at one point uh recently I was going out with a gal that was into hunting, but she didn't really get AR fifteens. But when I kind of like explained my stance on it, she's like, okay, like your stuff makes sense on it. And it's like, you know, like I live in the 21st century. I have an iPhone and I have a truck that connects to my phone with a cable that tells me where to drive. Why would I use Mm -hmm. a rifle that was essentially no different than a gun designed in the 1930s? I should use a gun that is reflective of the modern society I live in, which would be the AR-15. Like, why yeah. wouldn't I choose that? And she's like, "Oh, that, that makes a lot more sense." Like, this is a this is a modern technology argument for you. He's like, "Yeah, like why wouldn't I?" You know, I'm not going to sit Especially here on, if... with a Motorola Razor. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm using an iPhone, you can see my iPhone. Like, that's what it is. Especially if the people that you would have to defend yourself against are not going to be limiting themselves to technology that is out of date. You know. Yeah, like they're not going to, right? And like we, yeah. the cats, like we said many times, the cat's out of the bag when it comes to armament. So like, mm-hmm. why, w- why wouldn't I, right? But when you present yourself as that clean, orderly person, it does carry a lot of weight to it. Um, it's kind of that same yeah. idea as if you have a neighbor and you have like a neighbor dispute and that neighbor makes up a bullshit thing. I'm like, oh, you know, like they abuse their kids or whatever. And then you're like, okay, the cops show up and your house is clean. Your kids are out, out of the <laughs> house on a play date with their friends. And everything's yeah. fine. And the cops walk in you're like, this is a normal person. This other person's making some shit up, right? Yeah. You now validated yourself and you look like the more reputable party and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that same thing. If you like, we make ourselves the more reputable person as much as we can, because we can have all the fun in the world get posting on the internet and being idiots. Uh, Cause it's fun. Yeah. But at the it end is. of the day, when it comes to being a real person, being that well-rounded real person carries a lot of weight for what you want to actually impart as the things that you believe in the world. Yeah. And, you know, people, people want to um, side with people that they admire in some way. And I'm not saying that like I'm super attractive or anything like that, but like I would rather like side with someone that like I look at and think, Yes, like I think positive thoughts when I look at you and hear you talk and hear you speak and like how you like communicate with people versus someone that's unkempt, curses when they shouldn't, and just is generally unpleasant to be around. So, like, if you can add as many factors as you can to your positive presentation of yourself, you're going to have a better chance of reaching more people. Yeah, it's like if you're going to go be like the, the lawsuits that you're in, if you're going to go to mm-hmm. that lawsuit uh, in a courtroom, you're going to shave and wear a suit. 
Like, yeah, for sure. Like I'm not going to wear sweatpants to, and not brush my teeth. Like you're, you're not going to show up like John Fetterman or anything. You know, you're going <laughs> to present yourself like a, like a regular adult and yeah. do that because then the arguments they have to actually address your arguments, right? Rather than mm-hmm. letting you discredit yourself. Um, yeah, and I think when we do that sort of thing, it works out really well. And I think that's one of those avenues where I think the advantage that you've been presenting on that is very apparent um well yeah and like just straight up like one in three americans are going to die of a preventable heart disease related condition 70 percent of the american population is either obese or overweight and like i'm technically overweight just based on bmi but i'm obviously not like unhealthy overweight but so like the chances that you're going to need a firearm to, to protect yourself pretty low but the odds of an American needing to uh, lose weight or get in better cardiovascular health because otherwise they would die, super high. A lot of people dying of that. So it's just uh, it's good to kind of like, hey, you know, I can just realistically, let's focus on the biggest, like the elephant in the room here. Like, it's me. I need, need to lose some weight, you know? Um, but yeah. So I guess the, the the natural following question on this is, do you see the same way that you've been doing things in the firearm space? Uh, do you see an offshoot of your social media going towards fitness or are you going to keep them under the same umbrella, so to speak? You know, I don't think that. So the reason that I always felt comfortable making gun content was because I felt like I was so knowledgeable about it. Um And, like, there's obviously things that I do know and that I don't know in the firearms space, but, like, I focus on the things that I do know. And I think with fitness, I'm, you know, you could either go a couple different routes. You could go educational, which I don't feel like I know enough to be truly educational. You can go entertainment-wise, or you can kind of just be super attractive. And now I'm not the last option, and I'm not quite educated enough to be, like, an education-based content. And personally, I just don't know if I would, like, want to try to, like, put on a show and like do the entertainment side of it. Like it might be something that like I do, but it certainly wouldn't be like a he- as invested and involved as the gun stuff that I do. It wouldn't be its own. It wouldn't be its own thing. You would probably want to keep it under the same umbrella in that case. Yeah. It's kind of like right now, like I'm not doing enough to like have a separate channel focused on fitness. It's just like, I'll talk about it briefly in a video if I'm making a YouTube video or I'll just post about it on social media. Cause like my social media, like my Instagram and my Twitter, those are kind of like a free for all. Like, yeah, it's gun oriented, but like, it's also just where I shit post. So like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of fair game. It's the wild West out there. But the dedicated YouTube content is pretty much going to stay on the gun theme because yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. important for you to stay the authentic yeah. cre- uh, content creator mm-hmm. in that space. Even though, like, you have been yeah. sponsored by uh, Gorilla Mind and Merrick Health, uh, which are great yeah. companies, and um, I've really, I, I found Derek on uh, More Plates, More Dates because of your stuff. So, like, I yeah. really, I really like his stuff. It's been awesome stuff. But like, yeah. that's his lane, and I don't think you need you wouldn't need to go into doing the hit what he does. Uh, yeah, to still provide value and at least the, the marginal talk about it that you do have. Right. Yeah. I think I've found like an, a decent balance of like, you know, like, hey, like fitness is important. Like I'll do like a, essentially an ad read of like, hey, consider getting some supplements from this company. You know, I've been I bought them for a long time and then I finally got connected with the company and now I have a 
coupon code. So like it's a, there's like ways to kind of like integrate it and just kind of be an example without necessarily having to say I'm being an example, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, it's a good balance to have. Yeah. It's like in movies where they're like, and now we are doing the strong female character scene where they explicitly say that they are a strong female character. Whereas like that sucks to watch, but like if they just present in a way that's encouraging and inspiring, I'm sure someone would enjoy that. You know, I don't need to tell people every single video and spend, you know, five minute ad read talking about why you should get in better shape. But like, I can kind of present myself as just an like, look, like clearly I look different than I did three years ago. You could too. (laughs) I mean, pretty much. Um, Is there any particular like gripes about the gym world that you have that you're like, all right, come on, what the hell is this guy doing? Um, or, I, you know, it's less so like the gym world, more like the, like the social media. I feel like there's just so much cringe on fitness based social media that like, I just, uh, it's just, uh, I just can't stand it. Um, but then it's like, they have like the similar problems of like the gun bunnies. There's like the fitness equivalent of it, like where it's just like, these are just, softcore porn people promoting their only fans like i don't really want to see you in my feed anymore but they won't stop showing you um the algorithm yeah, it's is just doing a, its thing yeah the algorithm like you know i'm clicking dislike on shit or like trying to like say not interested but since i stayed on it for more than a second and a half it's like he liked looking at that so it just shows you more of it yeah no, I think I think the fitness community is like just it's it's a lot less serious, you know. Like it's just uh, their problems are not real. <laughs> like is, a natty or not a natty or not a very, the most controversial it's a, thing. It's like, like a very okay. first world. It's a very first world problem. Yeah, it's it's like high school level problems. Whereas like I I don't know if the fitness world has a Ruby Ridge equivalent. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, no, they don't. They really don't. They don't so have, like it's they just don't it's, have the the closest would maybe someone getting busted for illegal uh, steroids of like yeah. with criminal charges equivalent yeah. to Larry Vickers. Um, yeah, that's like their closest. You that's know? their closest, and that that isn't going to carry even nearly the same community ripples that like what happened with Larry uh, mm-hmm. carries. Like that that carries ripples through the space in a way that. Yeah, I don't think the fitness world is really gonna equal, um, you know, like someone's like, well, you know, Roddy Coleman was on t- steroids. Oh no, really? Huh? Oh Weird. no way! <laughs> no shit. The man shit. that looks like Superman <laughs> looks like a comic book six hero. Grams of creatine. That <laughs> was that wasn't just creatine. No way! Holy shit! <laughs> like, come on now. It's like that Trump. They're like, wow. You're telling me this now for the first time. First time, wow. I didn't know. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> no way. That's so crazy. But uh, <laughs> as far as the the gun world outside of California gun rants, what's like a really good like okay, you fucking idiots rant that you have because you've seen it, you've seen it all. Not to do with California, but just someone that just like someone or something or a topic that you're just like these fucking people. That just like that you gun people do. Yeah, the oh. gun people do. It has nothing to do with California specific. Just a good, like, solid rant of like, I can't fucking believe these guys. I I think I particularly dislike when people are confidently wrong about 
nomenclature stuff. Like for me, when someone think is pro gun and they're trying to say that assault rifle is a made up word because I'm talking oh about God. the assault weapon ban. I'm talking about the California assault people. weapon ban that has definitions. It's got fucking like bullet points of what that is defined. So first of all, every word is made up, right? Every, we make up every word and assign it a definition. And they're like, assault rifle isn't a real thing. And like, they're just so confident. And it's just like, I just want to fucking strangle you. Because first of all, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm talking about a law that's in effect. And here's what you can do. And here's what you can't do. I don't care if you think the word assault weapon is bullshit. I can think that too. But the California Department of Justice is still going to rape me in the asshole if I get caught with the assault weapon. So. And then they're just so confidently wrong. They're like, oh, that's in. And then you have to tell them, well, actually, assault rifle is a real thing that's accepted by the federal government. It's an intermediate cal- or intermediate cartridge, uh, you know, fully or select fire firearm. And that's different than assault weapon, which is what I'm talking about. And then that I think that's like the biggest thing that just fucking grinds my gears when people talk about shit that they're just so wrong about. But they're pro gun. And I'm like, oh, I expect so much better from you. It's like the 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 people that get all wrapped around a pool about clip versus magazine. Oh yeah, yeah. And my my, my favorite thing to do oh. with those people is send them a link to like an old World War II training film that's like done up <laughs> by the army. Yeah. And like the, the, the nineteen eleven just becoming a thing. The the nineteen eleven one is my favorite because it's like insert the clip into the into the uh, handle of the pistol, and I'm like. <laughs> It, it's a thing, man. Like it's it's interchangeable. Just get over it. It's not, but it, it's enough that I don't care. I think my personal yeah, people one would be anytime you see someone with the finger on their trigger. There's always like 20 people that say, "Who's got his booger hook on the bangs?" Oh God! One of the most <laughs> over fucking used stupid statements ever. I don't Beaten know how that submission. got fucking popular. It's always more funny to watch someone do that intentionally to get a response. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How am I supposed yeah. to have fun without my finger on the trip? What is yeah. this? I thought this was America. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I was doing that one time and I was taking a photo with one of my friend's rifles. And I'm like, oh, yeah, wait. So I put my finger on the trigger. And he's like, dude, that's unsafe. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's for the Internet. They will bully me the other way if I don't do this right. <laughs> what you're gonna use reddit finger come on now yeah <laughs> i can i mean it's that it, i think it's that one and then i i think it's the idea that people um i think we've a lot got gotten a lot over this but it it was definitely in the uh 2010s for sure where you would see this um like nanny state kind of idea this nannying about what you're what you're doing right well is that an sbr right or is that mm-hmm. a this or is yeah. that a that and yep. it's like shut uh, the fuck up shut up <laughs> now, right? shut and, up. the dudes you used to see in youtube comments uh that would like try to yell at youtube creators for not safety checking firearms on on their videos oh, oh god or pointing the gun at a camera that's on a tripod like I, oh god i want to punch them in real life i want to find out where they live and punch them in the balls <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I swear, I swear, some of these 
a ton of these like small like YouTube gun channels that are just starting up, I think they handicap themselves by like doing all the safety stuff and like insisting on it because as soon as I see that, I'm just like, I'm I'm done. I don't need to safety check this thing. I, I, like, I, I trusted you yeah. to not upload a video where you shot their tripod. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. if you shot your tripod, you weren't gonna upload it. <laughs> Like, Look, after Such Double Ot did it twice, I think the internet gun community <laughs> learned. He's done it four yeah. times. No way. Four, he shot yeah. his buddy's truck. He's had two NDs yeah, yep. on camera. Uh, yeah. Like He's done all this stuff where it's like, okay, look, like having an ND is one thing and talking about having an ND and learning about your, talking about your safety is the whole thing. That's fine. But my God, please don't like upload all the evidence of your NDs to the internet. Dude, like, yeah. I can't also, like, you get there. one mulligan. You're allowed one mulligan, really? Like, realistically? <laughs> but the man's done it so many times. Like, <laughs> how many times has he negligently discharged that wasn't on camera if he's uploaded that many? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you get you get your meme one. Of like, yeah, he's that meme of, like, if you're not yeah, having yeah. a discharge every year, you're not handling your gun often enough. <laughs> like, He's that guy. He's, he's yeah, that, that's him. That was he's, he's that copy pasta embodied. <laughs> like, holy oh. shit, dude! And then it, it, the other thing is Such uh, uh, to beat up on him. I he's that category of guy that I would describe as your dad's friend that's really into guns that you don't really want to talk to about guns, but he wants to talk to you oh, about guns. Yeah. He's yeah. that guy. <laughs> That's like, perfect. I've never had it described so well. For, like I know a lot of people like that. <laughs> like I, oh god, like yeah, sure, whatever. Like I, I got this Rock Island to ten millimeter. You, we're gonna talk about it. It's like, Dave, look, I'm over here for like a New Year's party. I don't need to go yeah. to the gun room. Like I, I don't. Yeah. You can just show me a picture on your phone. Like I, I, I don't. I don't care about your five hundred dollar nineteen eleven that bad, Dave. And he's just like, anyway, here it is. And here's where I shot a hole in the wall with it. Like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Want to see me do it again? <laughs> I'll I'll fucking do it again. Dude, at least in my experience, is literally every Alabama gum store clerk. Like, literally all the ones that I go with. It's it's him. It's actually. He's like he. They just they'll watch Such and subscribe to him because it's literally me. <laughs> yeah, he's just, just like me for real. <laughs> just like me for real. Just just try to emulate Ryan Gosling like a normal person. What the fuck? <laughs> Come on now. So I didn't know he also has like a prepper channel or something. Oh yeah. yeah. He, 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 I I will blame his prepper. Actually, I'm not gonna say it has everything to do with it, but the, his target audience. The fact that he has simped for the idea of 22 LR as a fighting caliber and stockpiling it because it was cheap and light um, is probably enough of it and enough videos that were like that at the time. That's probably why 22 sold out after Sandy Hook. Oh, yeah. That and that and nothing fancy. Well, yeah, no, they were the same. They're kind of the same cloth, but nothing fancy is actually like. He's on that grind on his own in such a way that like you kind of have to respect him. But like yeah. Such is not like I think if I think if Nutton Fancy got twelve views on his videos, he'd still upload. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. He's in it for the love of the fucking game, man. Like he's he's a fucking baller. He loves it. Like <laughs> There's, we all joke about the autism thing. I think Nutton Fancy is oh, legitimately yeah. autistic <laughs> because the, the man did a video. 
because I, I remember back when that was the only YouTube content you could find. I watched a video of him and he was saying <laughs> how he started his channel. Is he, he did a review of a SOG pocket knife and that's how he started his channel. And it's like a 20 minute review of a SOG pocket knife that's like $50. So you can just, like, yeah, it's a knife. It's a spring <laughs> assist. You can just use it. You know, it's, it's a cool little knife. And oh, yeah, I like this. I like that. You know, this, is, this isn't that great. But, you know, for $50, go ahead and buy it. No, he does 20 minutes does 20 minutes on a fucking sog knife and then builds a fucking channel on it and has just continued to do it there's only one answer for why he does that and it's autism and oh, it's yeah. not a oh, bad dude. thing it's his, has... it, it's his superpower yeah. dude that has got both hands on the wheel yeah I, I i didn't watch him for like three years and then i think i went and watched like a Celtic, some Celtic like ksg video or something like that and like the first, it's like a 30, 40 minute video. And the first 15 minutes are just him rambling about like absolutely nothing. What is fun right now? Yeah. And he's like, all right, so philosophy of use 20 minutes later. Okay. Oh, so let's talk God. about the gun. And it's like, all right. Yeah. The, this, there's something else going on here. That's, that's fine. Um, and I, my favorite thing about him is that he, he'll, he'll take an idea that was in the trend and then say he was on Friday, like it was his idea the whole time. Uh, it's, it's like you know buddy like everyone realized that quad rails were actually a little too heavy in 2012 about the same time you did <laughs> like yeah didn't you start like claiming SPRs now I'm sorry didn't you start claiming like SPRs and it's just like yeah you put a 3 yeah. on AR and now you think you you got that trend going it's like well yeah actually technically the navy did um so Congrats there, Nutton. You you followed the Navy because they did the Mark 12 <laughs> SPR first. They have a they actually have a TDP of what the gun's supposed to be and the optics that are allowed to use they were allowed to use on it back in the G Watt. There can you go. Imagine, can you imagine encountering that man in real life? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, can you imagine recognizing it? He's like, all right, gear check. And you're like, fuck you! I'm at a Kroger. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna whip it. Oh god, I forgot he used store. to do the gear check videos. Those are the funniest shit. Is that he would just like walk up to a random guy at a gun shop, and be like, "Gear check," and then like a guy would just like put a gun and a flashlight and a pocket knife and all this other shit on the fucking table, and is like, "Dude, shut up!" <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Uh, it's the funniest shit, and I love, I love his something for Caltech because it's. I don't think he's paid. I just think he just doesn't know that you can get better guns that are still slightly heavier. Like I'm willing to take an extra four ounces to not carry a Caltech. Like <laughs> for real. Like, that's yeah, like, fine. <laughs> like Such is like obviously he will just never say anything bad about a gun ever. <laughs> like none of is just like, dude, where do you get all your preferences for this stuff? It's just insane. I mean, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. It's the but it, at the same time, you know, like he is about the grind and he will run nope. that grind forever. Dude. And it is he's going to be ninety eight years old, like holding on, like he's going to live to be like a hundred solely because he wants to upload more YouTube videos. <laughs> Dude, he's going to be like ninety five reviewing a night. Like here's this new Spider Co. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he's going to do. He literally couldn't stop himself if he tried, and you have to respect it. <laughs> like, I'm never going to agree with it, but like, all right, man, like you keep rocking it. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. 
<laughs> He's the only like bunker that I'm I'm sure uploads all of his videos from a bunker. Yes. Yes, oh, I, I'm hundred percent sure. confident of that. Um I watched I watched one of his videos not too long ago and he was like, We're coming to you today from the nut and fancy bunker and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then you think about it, like, yeah, no, that one actually tracks. That that one tracks. Really <laughs> that, yeah, no, yeah, that's that makes real. sense. That that checks out. <laughs> It's also really fun. I think the one video of his that made me laugh so hard is he did a review of a Gen 1 Knights SR-15, and he said it wasn't a great rifle. And then the thing he compared it to was the M&P-15 Sport 2 and a Delton. Oh my god. And he's like, you should just get one of those. And I was like, that's not even remotely the same gun, dude. Like, you can say the SR-15 is too heavy, and you probably got a point, and Knights would agree with you because they did a Gen 2, Gen 3, and now Gen 4 of that same gun that's lighter. Like, they would agree with you on the weight thing, but, like, the rest of it? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, he's just, you know, he's got his tisms. He's got his tisms, and it's the funniest shit when we start looking at that stuff. Uh, but <laughs> I, I love that the dedication to it is so respectable in itself that you just oh, yeah. kind of have to sit there and lo- love it, even though you're like, I don't, I don't get it. But like, you do you, man. You keep cruising. <laughs> uh, love look, the, look at that! Another Benchmade review dropped. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, whatever, dude. Let's do it. I guess I'm gonna watch your fucking forty minute Benchmade review, but I'm gonna skip <laughs> the first ten minutes so I don't have to listen to you talk about. <laughs> the there, there is one person that I found that is crazier than him, and it's this guy. What is it? The Idahoan show? I forget. Oh, he oh just, like, God. Builds, he builds just insane, insane contract. Like, he builds, like, bullpup ARs where, like, the buffer tube goes over your shoulder and, like, uploads and stuff. Fuck? And it's, it's like that, and then the next thing he'll upload is, like, him reading from Psalms and, like, doing all these in-depth Bible studies just alone in a cabin somewhere in Idaho. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, then you have the... You have the opposite end of the spectrum where you got the dudes that are like trying hard to get into it and like the the super like obvious shill guys like Such or what's the what's the new younger guy I always see on YouTube on is it civilian tactical or whatever it wears yeah, the like AR five hundred plate carrier everywhere he goes and you're like, dude, just stop. Well, and it's it's also really interesting because you get a guy, a bunch of guys that aren't actually they're try they want to be a content creator, and they don't have a lane in which they want to do it and a method of which they want to do it. So, like Reno specifically, what you do does benefit people, but you do it because you're staying in the lanes that you're in, right? Oh yeah, I, I know not, my place. <laughs> you're not trying to tell me a fucking thing about suppressors or body armor nope. or stuff like that. Right, you you own body armor, I'm sure, but past that point yeah. of like, oh yeah, here's what I own, right? And saying that yeah. on a video, that's about all you're gonna do, right? I'm not, not I'm gonna, not gonna like people. tell you how to use or like how to set up your uh fucking plate carrier for defensive use. Like I have what I do, but like I know that I'm not gonna teach you how to clear a room. I know that I'm not gonna teach you how to shoot a gun. Like I'm like I know what I'm good at, I know what I can teach. And I know what I can like impart on you, but I'm not gonna try to pretend to be anything I'm not. And I think a lot of people, like you said, they want to be content creators, 
but that's about as far as it seems they've really thought it out and they don't really seem to have like their expertise like or enough like they're not quite there yet they're like they really need to like find themselves you know yeah like they they haven't found their lane and like all they want to do is they want to be the next reno may or the next brandon herrera or the next or whatever right did branch ping you are cutting out really bad you might need to adjust something on your mic sounded like he was saying that uh, a lot of people want to be like the next demo ranch. That's true. Yeah. A lot of people want to be that. They want to be, you know, Brandon Herrera, Grantham, those kind of guys. They want to be Kentucky Ballistics. They want to have that thing where they can have a stable lifestyle making videos on YouTube about guns. And yeah. that's all they want, right? They don't want to find their lane of where they actually started with it and like what they, what's actually going to get them where they want to go and yeah or even like to provide value like of some kind like like because at the end of the day like the uh the value provided like the value provided by brandon herrera's channel is he's discussing a lot of historical firearms and doing a lot of interesting stuff as he's kind of settled into the path that he's taking with his channel now he's got his line that works and that's his channel and that's what he does you've got Mm -hmm. uh, grantham and lucas botkin and so they have their more educational focused and yes, it's silly and fun. And they do their own thing, but they have their lane and what they're trying to provide as an, a value added. Um, what value are you adding as a content creator? If that's what you're trying to do, right? If that's what you're really yeah. wanting to do and you don't have a true value added that you want to talk about. Like, very soulless content. Yeah, it's very soulless. I and mean, there, there's not anything of the person behind it coming through and telling you this or that, Right. And it would be, it's one thing to just try to, if, you know, and like there's a lot of marketing companies, a lot of marketing stuff that goes into the firearm space through alternate methods because they are kind of restricted by social media platforms and what they're allowed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be really interested to see like, sorry, I'd be really interested to see like what this like sort of like social media game would look like if you know, being able to advertise on YouTube and link stuff directly. I'm, I'd be very interested to see like what the landscape would look like if we weren't restricted in certain ways to like what we can promote and how we can like monetize. Because I think that that definitely impacts like what people do and how they can make a living. Cause like some of these, some people do this with the intention of it being their full-time job. And it's like, you know, you're probably going to have to end up like making compromises for what you really want to do in order to like, you know, pay your bills. So yeah, just, and then, it's interesting. And then you also like, because you're having to make those compromises, if let's say you are actually knowledgeable on this and you want to mm-hmm. put that information out there, well, it to, to get to the point where you're yeah. able to stand out as that content creator, did you have to sell your soul in the process to get to the point mm-hmm. where you can talk about what you're knowledgeable about? And that becomes this huge battle, right? And so it, I think if we had, just like a YouTube that was willing to advertise Daniel fe- defense ads and stuff before videos. Yeah. Right. It was just totally. a YouTube that was willing to take those ads and put that out there. We would see a different YouTube because when we wouldn't mm-hmm. see like, really, we wouldn't see it like the forgotten new thing. Forgotten weapons is doing. I understand why he's yeah. trying to do it because he's getting held in by 
all of the restrictions of all of the platforms that he's working with. And he's worked really hard to make this his full-time job and he's able to do it, but to actually not have those problems, he's got stuff he has to do to come up with a solution. And this is his solution. And it's shitty that that's got to be the way he sees it. And that we can't have something that is a little bit more usable and flexible for all the people out there that makes sense. Right. Totally. And it's, well, it's a we, very weird dance. We see it every couple of years too. Like there was a time when YouTube was okay with it, and that time ended around Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's been kind mm-hmm. of downhill every ever since. And ever since that happened, we've seen this. It, it's a cycle, really, because you know every few years somebody comes out with a. Uh, an alternative platform that's going to be gun friendly and, you know, it's going to, it's going to be, you know, YouTube, but for guns. And we saw it first with full 30, full 30 was Mm -hmm. like the first iteration of that. And it did okay for a while. And then just died because they couldn't, they couldn't optimize it for HD video and a whole bunch of other stuff. And that, that was, you know, Ian and Carl kind of, and some other creators too, headed that up and got it going. Then it died. And then you saw, was it huge tube or whatever? The Utah gun exchange thing. They tried, it failed. And it's, it seems like every few years you have this alternative platform pop up to be like, we're going to fix all the problems with YouTube and we're going to be, you know, it's just going to be guns. The problem is, is, and, and I'm a good example of this too. I'm not just on YouTube to watch gun stuff. I watch gaming stuff. I watch news. I yep. watch everything else. And to have it all in that one place is yep. super convenient. And it sucks because they basically have a monopoly on it. But it's the convenience of it all being right there and accessible and available. And it kind of comes back to, you know, earlier what we were saying about, you know, you kind of have to play the game to get ahead anywhere. Yeah. And yep. like we, you can't get that in any other platform because it, it is a uh, monopoly of convenience. And yep. when you look at it, like the number of times you'll hear someone say, I'm sure you've gotten this one, Reno. Just go to Rumble. No, because oh, yeah. you're not going to watch it. Yeah. Oh, and like, the thing is, I, no, we don't fucking watch it. Nobody fucking watches Rumble. Yeah, I love. I love when people comment. Just move to Rumble, bro. First of all, I've been on Rumble for like a year, and Odyssey for like I think both of them almost two years at this point. Now, when people comment saying just go to these alternative platforms, that proves that it doesn't work because, because I'm already there. there, and you don't watch it. And then people say, oh, you don't mention it at all in your videos that you're on these alternative platforms. I had to stop. So when I got demonetized in like October of two years ago, 2021, I think, um, I got demonetized for like a full month before I got remonetized. And during that time, I set everything to upload the Odyssey and Rumble just to have it as like a backup in case they just completely deleted my channel. And when I did that, I put links to Odyssey and Rumble in the description of all my videos for about six months. Well, it took me a while to realize, but linking to those outside platforms caused YouTube to not recommend my content because it was like, you're linking to a competitor basically. Um, and those platforms just suck to use. So not only will YouTube throttle you, 
if someone does choose to watch it over there, it's you're getting maybe twenty. I, I think I got I, a video example that I had. I had like over a hundred thousand views on a recent YouTube video. I think I got a hundred and fifty <laughs> on the Odyssey and Rumble combined. So it's like it doesn't. The audience is not there. Like the content mm-hmm. is there. But the user platforms suck. The search functions suck. The playback sucks. The audience isn't. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all it's all worse. Like uh, like Mm -hmm. that's the thing that I I noticed immediately when like uh, people started saying like go Rumble. So like I would go look at stuff on Rumble and I was like, yeah, like the video quality sucks. Like the best you can get it to play consistently on uh, any sort of high definition is 720, which is. Yeah. tolerable but it's not, not great yeah and when you try to make it play 1080p uh which is i think for most content creators the minimum nowadays that 1080p doesn't fucking run it just doesn't Yo, yeah run. it's like it, it it's just not gonna actually function which then they're just gonna not watch the video on either platforms because they decided to leave youtube to go watch it on the other thing and then <laughs> just yeah so the alternative platforms they're they're a good backup in case a video has to get deleted off YouTube, it's like, oh, you could still go watch that one specific video somewhere else. And I just, I have them synced up to upload there solely because I know that there is a small handful of people that particularly want to get out of the Google sphere and choose to watch them over there. So I'm like, you know, for all 50 of you guys that are consistently watching on Odyssey and Rumble, thank you. I'm going to keep having it upload there. But I think everyone else, we got to kind of realize like YouTube is still the biggest player. If I want to actually reach people and educate people, because that's what my content is for the most part is educational or informative. I need to be able to actually reach people. Yeah. So and, like, and you're not doing it for I'm, money. I'm not going to No, I'm like, I do make money on this channel. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's like, I don't make, I, I could not like, I would be making less than minimum wage as a full-time job. If like, this is, if I was relying on YouTube. So I don't make a lot of money on this. It's definitely like I, I, I can buy guns that I want basically is how much money I make. Like I don't have to worry about like buying a like desert Eagle. Like I could do that and it not hurt, which is like, cool. I'm glad that I'm in that position, but like I'm not rolling in it. So it's like, yeah. I'm not doing it for the money. You're, you're doing it because there's something out there that, uh, as far as information yeah. to put out that is actually more important to you than the money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that people don't really get about it is that like, it's not, some people want to treat this as if it's a job for everybody or that all you're doing with this is you're doing it for the money. Oh yeah. No matter what you do in the gun space, you're going to make tens of dollars until you have gotten to the point where you have a massive (laughs) self-sustaining business model, right? Like you have a business model Mm self-sustaining. Until you become the demo ranch. And then it's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's or like own a grand thumb or, uh, yeah. If you become demo ranch or grand thumb or Brandon Herrera, then you have something to do that because, yeah. uh, to the credit of I, Brandon and Mike, they did a re- they've both done a really good job of building those channels up into something that has a business model behind it that they can support yeah. staff and they can support companies. Yeah. And like, that's a good thing. I'm happy for them to have done that, but you have to get to the point where you have like well over a million subscribers to get to the point yeah. where you can establish a full-time business that can employ yourself and other people. And that is I would a say lot like of the, work. Yeah. I think in the gun sphere, I think if someone lived in a state that wasn't California, so like, let's say you're living in a state with no state income tax, 
I think a single person who does all the filming, all the editing, all the stuff on their own could probably do it full time at a hundred K, you know, with like a good audience. Like if you're getting like 20 to 30,000 views per video and you can upload like four times a week, um, I think you could probably do it full time if you're just solely yourself. You don't have to, you don't have kids. You don't have to like, you know, like if you have very minimal expenses, but like it takes a lot of views and a lot of like, uh, it takes a very huge audience in the gun sphere to really make money um, and like do it full time. Whereas like a tech channel could probably get away with like 30 K YouTube subs um, and be fine because they can, all the stuff that they're selling they can monetize all that shit, you know, they can sell camera gear, like, but guns, it's like, we're very limited. Yeah, exactly. And it's a whole different landscape as well, given just how the whole system is a holistic, yeah, I should say. Rigged against you. It works. Yeah, it's rigged against you. Um, yeah. It's- and, and I think the other thing is the gun to gun tube space and the gun social media space is fraught with people that just immediately bark at you like you're a shell or in someone's pocket in a way that oh my god yeah places that's crazy. do <laughs> like yeah um you know if you get a pre-release of a gun you're a shell oh my god yeah you're a fucking shell because embargo you released days. a video on the embargo like it's that's what blows me away the most is the fact that people like do you guys not have any other hobbies that like you've never watched a youtube video about a product that wasn't allowed to be talked about you've never heard of an nda like what (laughs) yeah yeah every single tech influencer ever oh my god yeah camera gear comes out like a new camera like when sony releases a new camera fuck man i I just stay off youtube that day because i just know i'm gonna have a fucking terrible time i don't need to see 700 videos um but yeah yeah, well, and that's it's it. it's the thing that like we don't they don't have other hobbies. That's the that's the thing they yeah. don't have other hobbies. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think yeah. we had this conversation with Corey from Subdef, and he's like, mm-hmm. dudes don't have other hobbies, so they have really strong opinions about stuff in this space because not only is it a hobby to them, but it's also like um, the gun culture side of things actually becomes a lifestyle thing um, in a way yeah. that you're not going to get cameras. Like yeah. cameras are not going to be the same kind of lifestyle thing because it's one thing if you're like, I'm a professional photographer and I work with cameras. And so like, I, I maintain all of that equipment, but like, yeah. you don't have when to was be the last... the last EDC DSLR. Nope. Never. Yeah. EDC handgun. Like that's, that's a lifestyle change. So people get, yeah, when was the last invested. time that someone's, yeah. When was the last time someone cyber bullied a politician because of a camera? Correct. Probably never. Like, you know, whereas, like, that's me on the daily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's a really good point. Like, we don't we don't write our congressman about, like, a uh, like a cooking YouTuber is not going to write their congressman about yeah. cooking shit. They're just not. Right? So it doesn't yeah. matter in that context. They're never going to do it. But on the gun stuff, we tell people to contact their congressman. We make this just as much of a hobby as it is a lifestyle. And <laughs> because of that the whole focus of this being basically someone's only hobby um, is pretty stark. And so like the, it's one of the things that I kind of have made like a point to is like, I've recently enjoyed starting uh, to get a little bit more serious about cooking. I don't follow any social media stuff on YouTube about it. I have like a couple Instagram pages I follow about it. And 
I don't really post about it. I just enjoy it for the thing that it is and do it because I don't <laughs> want it to get sullied by an environment of other people. Right. Like I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah. I'm going to learn from my friends as I go, but that's about all I'm going to do with it. And I don't need to make it anything more than that. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Totally. But the stakes are a lot lower. Exactly. And it's nice to have something that is like, it's fun to do and I enjoy doing it, but I am not putting a lot of stakes in it. Whereas guns, like mm-hmm. I put a gun on every day when I walk out of my front door, I have, you know, a collection of guns. I have serious political opinions about guns. So there is so much more emotionally invested in it. So when you are someone who is presenting themselves publicly and you get a pre-release of a gun, well, now immediately yeah. you're attached to this topic a lot more than somebody's attached to a camera or mm-hmm. I would say cars isn't the case, but cars kind of could be the case, but not to the same extent yeah. that young people are mm-hmm. like, it's totally. kind of the thing. And so to me, it's interesting. I think it's, it's funny when we watch people like try to lambast all their favorite influencers and then still turn around and say, Oh, I'm a huge fan, but you're a shill. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck you, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. You make money for something I watch for free. They throw the word around too much. Yeah, yeah. they do. Because there is actual and shills. It's kind like, of in... Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there's probably a, a point where you get called a shill because a lot of the stuff and a lot of the times you talk about like a particular product that's specific for the California mm-hmm. market. And so someone's like, yeah. oh, so Reno got paid off on that. It's like, no, they probably just sent him like a, a prototype copy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, like this gun is just specifically super interesting to my audience. So therefore I'm going to talk about it because they engage with it and like it. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy. <laughs> you're in the microcosm that's so specific that they know you're the person to talk to, the, talk to your audience about yeah. it. So they're going to send it to yeah. you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're signing off on the gun. You know, yeah, and like I've I'm, talked bad about a lot of guns and a lot of companies, and it's like I don't know. I feel like anyone that's like watched enough of like the videos that I've done about specific guns knows that like I kind of nitpick certain things. So it's like I'm gonna give it a fair shake. Like if the gun is good, like then the gun's good. But like I'm probably gonna still try to find something that I don't like, like I or never, something uh, that I can be critical. I never really got to experience the shill thing until lately. Um, you know, hear about six months ago or so I, you know, became a brand rep for a, a firearms company in the U S and like, you know, I'll throw stuff up occasionally about, I try to keep it off my personal page or off the, the shit posting page here and there, but occasionally like mm-hmm. I'll throw, I'll throw up, you know, like the Phoenix predator when it, it finally came into the country and I got excited about it. I was like, okay, this is a cool gun. And you know, it has that, you know, kind of 2011 charm to it, you know, and can maybe compete, you know, I, I threw some stuff up about it here and there and I got like 900 DMS, not really 900, <laughs> but I got a, I got a, I got a good bit of DMS that were shilling for this company. And I'm like, dude, I'm their brand rep. Like I, it, it says in the, in the thing rep for, you know, Phoenix firearms yeah. in the U S so like, <laughs> this is my job. And like kind of one of the things I do with the Phoenix stuff when I, when I send them out for T and E dudes are like, Oh, when, what's the, what's the embargo date? Because this is the new model of the States. And I'm like, yeah, I have the guns in hand. They're ready to sell. Do your video when you want to do it, because I don't want 900 videos to drop at the same time. 
and people to be like, yeah. oh, they're all shilling for it. Like, I want it to speak for itself. Totally. Which, I mean, yeah, like, that's kind of the, refreshing. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you were going to say... It's more, it's, more, it's more organic. Like, the embargo dates are like, it's a, it's like a necessary evil, in a way, of, like, brands want to be able to release their content at a certain point that makes sense for them. And, you know, influencers want to be able to make the content when it's new and relevant so that they get a little bit of an advantage on it. So it's like, it's, there's, I don't know if there's a good way around it. Um, as long as the companies want to like have big rollout red carpet announcements, you know, like if they're going to continue to want to have big announcements, they're going to have to like have certain there's going to be certain issues with that. And that means YouTube is going to suck on certain days. <laughs> yep. yep. I mean, we see it every time there's a new fucking gun from SIG or something like, Oh, look at that. There's like another 10 videos. Mm-hmm. SIG dropped their 8 billion variant of the P320. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The, the, it's the a longer. comes with a hammer so you can hit the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new SIG P365 Legion AXG because everybody was asking for an aluminum frame P365. With tungsten weights in the grip. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the, it's the funniest shit to just see people like, and I think the, the whole culture of it is like, there's a lot of people that also take it very seriously and you don't know how seriously someone takes guns and whether or not they actually are going to be your gun friend or not until you get to mm-hmm. know them. And yeah. I, I think we find that is like, there's a lot of people that like they're all they are is a SIG guy or all they are is this, but it's like, there's such a wide yeah. smattering of people that are gun guys. That's just like, how autistic are you? Like, okay. Both hands on yeah. the wheel. We can be friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's legitimately that. And it's like, how, how do you view this? And it's like, okay, if all you have, it's just the biggest collection of the biggest shit pile guns. Like, we are not going to be friends. Like, just asking, like, how long do you think you could talk about your personal EDC firearm? Like, how long do you think you can go? And if they're like, oh, two minutes, you're like, ah, I don't know if we could be friends. But if they're like, oh, <laughs> like, I got a PowerPoint if you want me to pull it out. It's like, all right, yeah, <laughs> you're my <Like>, level. <laughs> you're, you're at minimum 15 minutes of your carry gun before, like, really gun friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, be- the best level is when you can speak and like hold a full conversation with a gun guy in like purely acronyms so nobody else around you has no idea what you're talking oh, yeah. about yeah. <laughs> it's just like I put my LPVO on my DCM and it's really awesome and everybody's like what the fuck are you talking about yeah so I've been carrying 124 HSTs lately and they're like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what it's like. All right, like we, we we good, we good, you know. But it's like I I got nine millimeter ammo in my carry. I'm like, all right, like whatever, man. Yeah, but it, it's always the funniest, and it's also it's interesting when you find the guys that are like they have decent stuff, but they put it in a box, like they put guns in a mental box, but they know to buy good ones. That's those are the most yeah. interesting cases for me. Um, like you meet a guy and he's like got like you know a Glock with an RMR and a Daniel defense rifle and a plate carrier. And he's like pretty solid on his shit and he can shoot well. But he's like, yeah, I'm not like really into guns, but I, I just have these and I like, just shoot them a lot. But like, it's not like, I just make decent money. Yeah. I want good. I'm going to shoot a lot and keep up with it. Cause it's skill set. But like, I'm not like really like deeply into it. You're like, where did you come from? 
This is called a Wario. Justin person, they're very rare in our space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a well-adjusted Whoa. person with like a couple normal guns. Like what? Like fucking wild. perspective. <laughs> I, I feel like it's interesting and I, I kind of wonder how many like, Reno, how many friends in your personal life actually, you know, know this about you? Like do you have to hide oh, this? All no, all of them know. Like because uh, like I, I very much like even the friends that I have that like aren't pro gun and I would say like are anti gun, they know that like I'm really into it and like I don't push it with them, you know? Like if they try to like have a conversation, I'm willing to have a conversation because like I know how to like talk to people respectfully that I disagree with. Um but yeah, I don't hide it at all. Uh there's been a lot of times where like I'll be like DDing for people and like we'll be driving around, like we'll get get back to my house and I'll just fucking take my gun off and like put it on like put it on the counter and like the ones that are into guns will always be like, dude, you were carrying all day. I had no idea. I'm like, dude, you know that I carry a gun everywhere I fucking go. And also like, it's like kind of, it reminds you like, Oh yeah. You know, like it's kind of harder if no one's looking for your gun, they're not going to see that you're carrying a gun. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much everyone in my life knows that knows this about me. Yeah. Like I, I find it interesting in that sense. And is I've found it's, it's one of those things that like, I can't run from it. So I just kind of have to embrace mm-hmm. it. Like, oh yeah, it, totally. You kind of just have to embrace it, and then when you find the right for, like, when your friends actually want to ask you questions, and you have to kind of start steering them right. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's very funny when you start like talking to people and uh, giving them advice. Um, I have a friend, and he bought a pistol, his first handgun recently, and then he, uh, for whatever reason, didn't check the. Uh, box of the ammo that he bought and when he was checking out he bought 40 ammo instead of 9 and I'm like dude just fucking <laughs> leave leave that ammo on the shelf don't go buy a 40 and if you do go buy a 40 yeah. go tell me before you go buy one so you don't buy something as a piece of, a piece of shit yeah he bought a piece of shit 40 as a second gun and I'm like you bitch why didn't you tell me he's like because <laughs> I because I knew you'd, you'd give me shit he's like yeah because you knew you were buying a shitty gun you idiot <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't what did he buy I bought a Smith SD40. Oh, oh my God. Wow. Those things. It, I was like, dude, like for the same price, you could have bought a police trade in Glock 22. Like, yeah, literally the same money. You could have just bought that thing. And he's just like, but I didn't want you to give me shit. And I'm like, well, but like you fucking did that anyway. And now I'm giving you shit about like two months later. You yeah, fucking it's going to happen. I'm going to see it. Like, you're going to tell me at some point, like, come on, man. But I find it very funny when like people begin to ask you like the questions and they try to get serious about it, and you're just like, "Okay, I, I, do I want to get in the argument with you, or do I just want to <laughs> say, look, we're not going to agree? Like, drop it." <laughs> yeah, I think the big thing, like you know, they're coming at it from an emotional perspective, so you almost need to like sometimes determine when it's right to appeal to their emotions, and I something that I come back to sometimes is the, uh, like I'll tell people the story about how like I worked at a gun store and you know, like there's a woman that came in single mom, baby daddy was sending violent threats, but not anything that the police could act on. And she wanted to come in and buy a gun. And I told her, well, you know, I hope you can hold on for the next 10 to 11 days for you to come in and get this gun because you got to do the waiting period. Um, and like just explaining things and the concept of like, oh, like 
And also, like, if you want to get a concealed carry permit at the time, I'm like, you know, you're going to have to choose. Do you break the law and have the gun with you or do you just risk being a target? So, like, that's one of my, like, classic, like, and that's like a real, like, I've had those conversations with women many times while I worked at a gun store. And it's people have a hard time refuting that because you're like, yeah, okay, you know, and like, it's a good way for me that like, I'll just like, I can shut the conversation down with that. Yeah, like that's a good but, way to do it, and I, I think that that's that's one of the better ways to kind of you know frame the question. And I think having the gun store experience from your perspective shows <clears> through <throat> in your channel in the sense that you actually did know the process well, like you understand yeah. California and their laws, and you understand firearms well, and that shows through yeah. in a way that like. If you were just trying to be a firearms content creator in California without any experience at a gun shop, it would be pretty obvious and cringe, but your stuff actually... Or at the very least, like, you know how people are going to ask questions and you know how to explain things. Because, like, when you you have to explain something 70 times before, like, it starts making sense, like, before, like, you could do it the first try and someone just gets it, you kind of figure out naturally, like, how to break this down for someone Mm -hmm. that it's going to have the most success. Like, I can tell someone how to buy a gun in California and they pretty much get it the first try that like I try to explain it to them. Yeah. And I think that that's something that shows through with a lot of people uh, that I think when you have done the firearm sales thing, cause I've done that pings done that mm-hmm. like we get it. We know how to explain this mm-hmm. stuff to at the very simple level to people. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of people, which frankly they're not wrong and assuming that most people that work at gun shops are completely retarded because a lot of them are like, if you've ever, you, you know how precious it is to find a good gun shop that you like. Oh yeah. Yep. Like you, if you find a shop you like, you're like, all right, these are my people. Like I'm going to stick with these guys. Um, Mm -hmm. like I will never forget. uh, There's a range local to me and, uh, the instructor, was telling one of the other range officers that he had gotten his bill drill down to like three seconds. And she was so amazed that the instructor had a three second bill drill. And I'm like, I've got like a half second on this guy at like a normal day. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. And she was impressed by that guy. Like, all right. Like, yeah. Okay. Like I clearly I'm dealing with this, but you guys aren't a shitty range. So I'm just going to just shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> no, no reason to fucking start some shit with somebody, but it's very funny to kind of watch people like that uh, at a gun shop that don't know what they're fucking talking about. And then you find the people that are knowledgeable. And I think that kind of translates is if you are that right guy, it does translate into the general public. Totally. Yeah, you know? there's there's a certain like skill set of being able to like reach people. Yeah, and I think it's it's a good thing to see. So I've been I've been very happy to just see how your channel has grown in that sense because you're providing the right information to people in a way that is important, and it's a really good thing. So um, I think we've been what, going at this for about like three hours. I don't have any other questions for you, you know. Anyone else got any questions for us? Yeah, this is fun. What's your favorite key mod, right? Oh, BCM KMR. Classic. <laughs> 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 uh, i love the bcm rails all right i think that concludes right. it um reno do you have anything you want to leave our audience with any final words of no, wisdom, just, anything uh, like that? 
You know, the, the biggest thing is uh, there's a lot of negativity out there when it comes to the news that you're seeing about guns. Do not get defeated. We're experiencing wins all over the country. Do not get burnt out. Just stay in it. You know, remind yourself that things are going pretty good. Like, look at things and how they've come along in the last few years. Yeah, court cases are slow, but hey, we're getting wins when we need them. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Stay positive. And go to the gym. I think that I think I want to end with that. Well said. If you made it this far, um, you terrify me, but we also love you. And uh, (laughs) take it easy, guys, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.